are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast. If you like a lot of wrestling on YouTube, join our cult. Hello, welcome to the Friday Night Spectacular that is the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast. You're listening to Dulcet Tones of Matthew, joined by the regulars as always, the Dog Wall, the Dodgy Mike, Ross, his professional Mike, Jack the... Wait a minute. That's not Jack the Jobber. Oh, no. That's Mr. Tom Campbell. Per special request, Mr. Tom oh, Campbell no. filling in this week. How the hell are you, mate? One sec. I've just got to log into my burner account on YouTube. Oh, Tom's on it. Week ruined. Not watching, but thought I'd <laughs> let you know before we start. I'm good. How are we, lads? Thanks wait, for letting me come play. You have burner accounts dedicated to criticising yourself. Keeps me humble. <laughs> I saw a fantastic comment on last week's podcast where it was like, Ross doesn't even enjoy these anymore. He should write himself off the podcast indefinitely. Something along those lines. Like, if I'm not here, there's a reason I'm not here. Don't worry, everybody. I still do enjoy them. But it's been a, a turbulent week. Chirp, turbulent? Turbulent. When does the word like turbulent that. start with CH? It does just this yeah. morning because I'm not awake yet. <laughs> How are we all reacting to the news that Louise has left BBC Breakfast? Because I can't believe it, me. After what? 20 years. 20 I, I, years, Tom. She's this is news going. to me. I know. In a time where Piers Morgan was shouting early in the morning when you couldn't be bothered with that at that time of the day, or any time of the day, Louise and Dan were there with a a calm perspective on the news. Here's a pond full of ducks. There is your morning news. And now she's going away soon, and I'm heartbroken. Is she going to GB News? I bet she's going to GB News. I think because every every time a journalist leaves anywhere now in radio or TV, I go, you're going to GB News, aren't you? And then a few of my mates have popped up going, excited to be saying I'm working for GB News. Ah, so you're going, okay, right. So you saying that has made me go, oh, oh, here we go. She's got to do a Rick Rude on her way out. Just do something sassy. (laughs) What, turn up on like Good Morning Britain at the same time? (laughs) Yeah. With a shaved face. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be amazing. I've recorded from Eamon Holmes leaving... Uh, ITV for Sky News, to be honest with you, Ross. So How long ago was that? was 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> he, walked, he, walked, he walked in whilst uh, Martin Stanford was reading the news, uh, but he was Go still on. on the other channel at the same time, just stood there in a white flannel shirt in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. He went, where? He doesn't work here. And for some reason, he changed from a suit to a jean trousers and a <laughs> jean shirt. He's like, why are you dressed like that? He goes, where is the macho man? <laughs> Where is billionaire Ted? I don't know why he left that lottery show, Eamon Holmes. 
They called him Layman Holmes there, so if I was having a go at him. <laughs> Layman Holmes. Ha, ha, ha. Because the way he says the word pounds is tailor-made for a, a money-related show. Just pines. Pines. Very, very, very satisfying. Pines. I think they ran out of money on the lottery program, ironically, because oh. uh, the, the budget for that was, <laughs> was, was, was hilariously slashed a while ago. <laughs> That's such a funny sentence. We haven't got any money for the the lottery show. <laughs> if only it was some, some some sort of way we got public funding for this. we could put a show. bet on to try and get some money <laughs> quick. As <laughs> I read out the numbers, the presenters are there going, oh, no. oh well. <laughs> what a start. What a podcast. Well, what a that was podcast. The, that's the news in the real world, in reality. Um <laughs> This this echoes the classic SmackDown review. I was going to say, yeah, so. on, on the classic SmackDown review, which is on tomorrow on the podcast feed, what a weekend, what a great podcast, um, where for some reason, when Matthew talks about like the, the news from the year that we're talking about, in the year of our Lord, uh, there's a lot of news about the news at 10 and the changing of the nine o'clock news at the moment. Very Trevor McDonald heavy SmackDown podcast. Another weird sentence that I find myself <laughs> saying. <laughs> it's on tomorrow on the podcast feed, by the way. It certainly is. But today, it's wrestling. The news, Leo Rush announces retirement from wrestling. Rush, who was signed to New Japan, was a shock competitor in the Casino Battle Royale at AW Double or Nothing, but the former WWE Cruiserweight Champion has revealed he suffered a serious AC injury in the match. And despite the setback, Rush says AW still eager to sign him, but he's going to take a step away, focus on his young family and his own mental health. Good for him uh, in the long run. Absolutely sucks that happened in his minute and a half appearance or so. I mean, that's some bad timing. He was uh, in there. He was so good in that match. Like for yeah. the briefest of times that he was in there. And uh, yeah, I, I think the fact that Tony Khan put out a statement says they were very close to, to getting him in full time. Before He'll he, be he back. Retired. Don't worry about everybody. Oh, it's all yeah. a ruse like it was a few years ago. That dastardly so-and-so <laughs> Leo Rush. No, I'm joking. Obviously, all the, more, all the best to him because obviously stepping away from the wrestling when, when you want to is a, a thing that not doesn't happen all too often really these days or historically i should say it's happening more and more these days i've just said completely the wrong thing all the best to leo rush and his family <laughs> we knew what you <laughs> we knew where you were going <laughs> oh, yeah we sincerely will hope you're all right <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's not often you hear stories like that people leave them at the almost peak like monty brown was one of them and we're still waiting for him to return he did that fiery promo on Twitter a little while ago and everybody went, oh my God, why aren't you here? Come back, please, Monty, all is forgiven. It's a shame because like, he's back, he's back, he's coming. Oh, it's just one promo. <laughs> was it a big up someone? Was it Lance Archer? I think someone? it was. Yeah. I think it was to big up the Murderhawk. And it's like, and Murderhawk's uh, like, yay! He's like, no, no, move out of the way. We want to see that promo again. <laughs> <laughs> but I take care, Leo Rush. Yeah. Uh, Fightful Select. It's interesting thing happened this week. They did an update on the tag team known as AOP and said that when people are trying to contact them, they describe themselves as retired. So that's why Fightful did a little investigation, I want to say. Uh, And then they tweeted out, AOP saying, ah, ain't done yet, bitches, with a photo of them alongside Paul Ellerin. So I don't know what the point of them goes like. No, no, no. Due to reports of us saying we're retired, where the source is ourselves no we are not retired isn't this what um what like cabris do when there's a chocolate bar that's sort of running low on sales when they'll when they'll put out a press release saying oh we're gonna stop making twirls in six Mm. months and then everybody does a big petition to bring twirls back and then the sales go back up this is basically aop being the cabris twirl of the tag team wrestling world yeah 
like what Disney used to do with their videos and goes, oh, 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 we're putting the Little Mermaid back in the vault. We'll be able to buy this for another few years. And they'll be like, no, Little Mermaid. If Volta Disney is watching this podcast, by the way, can you buy WWE? If Volta oh. Disney himself. Because I... Wait, wait, Vol- just, Volta Disney. I've just said it, Matthew. I don't know who runs Disney these days. Because <laughs> <but laughs> I, want, I want a theme park, right? I just want a wrestling-related theme park, right? And Volta Disney, whoever runs Disney these days. And now you're watching this podcast. Make it happen, for goodness sake, so we can go over there and have some fun on some roller coasters. Not too scary ones, you know, just a moderate amount of fun. Hmm. Why are at it, bring out Lady and the Chops. Thank you, Volta <laughs> Disney. <laughs> For... From you under cowards. the from the underground freezer unit under Epcot <laughs> Centre, Volta Disney. Tight in with AEW as well. Stadium Stampede. Who was fighting in the freezer? Wardlow and Jake Hager just at the back. There's Volta, old Volta. <laughs> Volta Disney. Topples, topples down on top of Jake Hager. I don't know where that came from. I just need to say it. Let's manifest something. Get a WWE theme park done. AOP though, good for them for, for saying the word bitches because that means they're yes. good at wrestling. That's right, Ross. What a fantasia idea that was. <laughs> uh, an individual sought in theft at WWE Thunderdome. Sadly, there's no development on this since happened a few days ago. But yeah, someone was caught twacking stuff from the WWE Thunderdome. They caught him with titles in his bag and stuff like that. And people were speculating which title it was that he had possibly stolen. And would we notice... Do you reckon it was the same guy who got Chris Jericho's belt? What, the waiter at the steakhouse? <laughs> just, he's travelling around America. Sir, you've dropped your replica title. <laughs> oh, wait, wait that, that actual belt? Yeah. Here See, you well, go, now- Jericho, I brought it to you. Isn't this great? Jericho tweeting, that guy stole my belt. <laughs> no, you put it on your limo and drove off, you drunk mess. No, he stole it. <laughs> what a fantastic week that was. <laughs> oh, my God. Do we know whose title it was? I think I saw a news headline saying, like, oh, WWE champion's belt stolen. So that suggested to me, because I didn't click on it. I regret doing so now. <laughs> me neither. Um, I hoped you had. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping, we, we recorded this beforehand, but I'm hoping on SmackDown tonight, Roman Reigns comes out with, like, a piece of paper with WWE written on it just over <laughs> his shoulder. <laughs> Everything's fine. Still out of the table. Imagine how big, like, big D energy if you stole the Tribal Chiefs Championship. <laughs> Of D meaning dead energy. <laughs> Can mean anything you want, Tom. Romulus Reigns. <laughs> Romulus Reigns comes for you. You've got a problem on your hands. Oh, you do. Goes, Who dared steal my title? Who? Da- I am the the table. I'm the head of the. I am the table. <laughs> oh, Walt Disney. Oh, you know what? You, you can you can keep my title for a bit. It's all right. I'll, I'll, that, you know. Why haven't they turned yeah. it into an angle? Just doctor the CCTV footage to make the guy like bigger and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they just make it into an angle, make it like it was planned. Put the CCTV footage on SmackDown and go, GTV! <laughs> there you go, we're back. <laughs> or, you know, we haven't got any audio recording, but, oh, wait, <laughs> Sean Stasiak just notified us, uh, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone everyone young's like, what are you talking, who's GTV, what? Whatever. <laughs> and also, to future-proof this segment and the podcast, Alistair Black is either completely done with WWE or he's set to return by the time this podcast comes out. What is all that about? He can't go back. I'm sorry, Alistair. Have a backbone. Uh, this, is, this feels weird saying this to someone who, you know, is just out of a job and probably wants money. But still, they've messed you around for long enough, Alistair. Don't go back. It won't change, Alistair. It won't change. I feel surely passionate his, about this one. Yeah, his options surely are great. Like, now he's free. 
of of, of WWE. He'll, he'll Tommy End will be fine. Tommy End will be great. Axel Tischer from Alexander Wolf is off to Germany to go and you know give the German wrestling scene, the European wrestling scene, a big kick up the kick up the eighties. And you know, I reckon send Tommy End with him. That that there is is the foundation of an excellent European wrestling revival. There, did we see him on Rene Paquette's oral sessions? I didn't know. Was it oh, a lovely the, chat? The, oh, it was, was a lovely chat. And just how weird it must be to be a wrestler who has, you know, a big build-up as he had for over the past couple of months and how they would put it on TV and then take it off for a week and he was like, eh, what's going on? He's like, oh, we're just letting it breathe. Just letting it breathe. <laughs> Which gives off the impression that they had no idea what they were doing with it. But he had this big sort of... The plans for it were really interesting. The little things he would do in the background of his, his camera shots when he was locked in that room and the stuff on his attire. Like, he really tried to make things work... And it was just a, another tale of creative, just hampering this very creative man from doing creative things. It was just a, a heartbreaking listen and a weird listen because being a wrestler must be a horrible life. Money must be nice. The body must be nice. The fame must of, be nice. <laughs> but, um, it's the, kind the, of that. It's such a good, it's such a gap, isn't there, between like when you're sort of on the doing the indie stuff and it's like five pound, ten pound, maybe a hot dog if you're lucky, and then you've got like you're in millions, but you, you're miserable. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you want that sort of sweet spot in the middle. A lot of people say like they'll treat WWE as like a paid holiday where they'll go there for a couple of years, make a big load of bank and then get out again. Mm. True. That was so wonderful. I thought I'd just let it breathe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back and speak about it in two weeks' time. That's what we'll do. That's right, yes. No, wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> Alistair Black has re-signed... <laughs> Hey, I the camera angle there. You can see my bloody mouth. Has not reset. People who are listening to the audio version of this, I don't know what's happening, so I'm going to move on. That was horrible. <laughs> it was the Mo gag from The Simpsons where he puts glass in front. No, of because that was funny, Tom. <laughs> we'll move on. That was the news. No, it's not the news. We need to speak about Triple H, lads. That call. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, oh. cere- the cerebral assassin pants, which I'm going to call him from now on. Because <laughs> that tweet didn't do very well, as I was hoping, on, on Twitter last night. But Somebody they, yeah. didn't have their Weetabix before they started oh, that press call, a- did they? What a grumpy boy. I fully recommend everybody listening. If you haven't already, get on sort of Fightful's YouTube channel. I listened to it on um, Triple H last night. There was something up, something in Triple H's tea last night, which was making him a bit a bit catty with the, the wrestling journalists and um, and fans as well, because uh, apparently us as fans now, Matthew, we're not allowed to to have fun and fantasy book where our favourite storylines might go in the future and stuff. You know how the, the, the real purpose of NXT was sort of like the, the show before the show, so you got to know the superstars before they made it to Raw or SmackDown. We can't have the fun of going like, oh, let's fantasy book, I don't know, Alistair Black from back in 2017 on NXT. Let's have fun where, where he could go on the main roster. We ought to sit back, Matthew. We ought to watch what happens on NXT. And if we don't enjoy it, we must just stop watching. It was an incredible oh, thing. Dude, that, to... That's what I've done. Well, yeah. Thanks, Triple H. That's what a lot of people have done. That's why they had to change <laughs> nights, isn't it? It was a weird thing to say from Triple H. It was, um, yeah, I had, yeah. What was up with him? What's he was wrong, very Paul? cross. And then they asked him about um, the the NWA Women's Show at the end of August and said, you know, will you guys be working with the NWA? Because Mickey James kind of put out this comment alluding to uh, any women in the world contractually obligated or not can come on down. So they kind of suggested like, oh, would WWE work with the NWA on this all women's show? And Triple H then was like, look, we did an all women's show, 
We're not. We're pro- we might do another. We probably won't. If we did an all men show, we'd get stick for that as well. And then he said, "All the best women work for WWE, and if they don't, they want to work for WWE." He was a catty oh, man last wow. night. Wow, I haven't heard this. This old Vince oh. McMahon was sat there with a gun just off the side. Of the- <laughs> you will say this, damn it! He it just so it did sound like what, what we hear about Vince McMahon. But mm. that's that, that storyline thing about how many go at the fans because, like, you know, remember when wrestling was like. A, a, sort of all about storylines and stuff and you would wonder where the storyline was going to go and that's what kept you watching. It's like him having to go at the fans is like having to go at somebody for watching Coronation Street and wondering what Gail Platt's going to do in two weeks' time. Yeah. That's the entire point of the thing. I don't just tune into wrestling to watch people with kickbats kick people. How boring's that? I want storylines and characters, Paul. Why have we stopped this, you tosser? <laughs> we need Volta Disney to take NXT <laughs> off Triple H's hands. <laughs> I swear to God, I haven't had a drink. I've had a, a new hay fever. <laughs> I've had a, a new hay fever tablet. Uh, Morrison's own brand this morning because the oh, the, that's going to do it then. They've oh, cut the grass around here, and I feel a bit lightheaded. I don't know what's wrong with it, but um, <laughs> it's going to make for an interesting podcast. But that conference call from Triple H was strange. <laughs> miserable man, miserable man. I, I, I need to check just, that out. Oh, he's so funny. I just it's, it, he gives off the energy of. Of of either somebody that you know maybe maybe had an argument with the wife before he went on, or or somebody who I don't know works for a company that has been sacking people left right and center and getting a lot of stick for it. And e- either way, the energy is is something else. He's just he is so incredibly stroppy. Imagine his his working life though. It's like he builds these great things on NXT. What he used to back in the day. I know it's not what it used to be now, but like and then they go to the main roster and in one night all of that fantastic work is just smashed into the ground by Vince McMahon. It must be so frustrating. I, I get it. And so, like, you're kind of caught between the devil and the deep blue sea because he's your dad. He's your, he's your dad-in-law. And you're trying to appease him, but you're trying to run your brand your own way. And, he, and then at the same time, you're getting these press, these media calls. I imagine he just sat there. I imagine he sat there through the media call and just went, Hi, right, Dave, how you doing? <laughs> Did you hear Dave Meltzer's response to his um, his answer about um, the uh, he did like a parallel to sort of uh, call ups from NXT to the main roster to people in the NFL sort of being great in college or something and getting called up the NFL and not quite making it. He went on this big long rant that lasted about two minutes. And then Dave Meltzer just went, "Okay, thank you." <laughs> just pulled his pants down. It was fantastic. <laughs> Meltzer was like, "I'm not buying this from you, Paul. What a load of tosh." What a weird, weird comparison to make to go, oh, well, it happens to NFL players. They get called up to a big club and they don't get booked the right way. <laughs> like, what? The, like, like, Eli Manning, what, gets a postman gimmick? Like, that's just. How do you just, just. That's a whole different world. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Wayne Brady. Creative's got nothing for you. Just. <laughs> <laughs> What a stra- he was on one. Maybe he, he had the same hay fever tablets as you, right? Yeah, hey, I, I tell I, you, I, yeah, if you want to feel a bit loose in the brain, just get some Morrison's hay fever analogy relief 10 milligram tablets. 10 minute twiddle. A 10 minute twiddle? 10 milligram twiddle. 10 milligram twiddle. 10 minute twiddle. That's how rumours get started, <laughs> okay. mate. Hey, ten, yeah. Hashtag, oh, 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 hashtag penny, 10 pe- minute twiddle. Penny nose. Penny nose. Oh. <laughs> 10 minute twiddle. Let that breathe. Let's let that breathe and start the next segment. Everybody get excited for the Cultaholic Hall of Fame. Now it's time for everyone's favourite segment, the Hall of Fame. 
And in condescending order, sorry to look at it. In condescending order from last week, Dr. Benji FM, 18. Now I thought that meant 18%. Wait, wait. Uh, Braun Strowman is a train, 68. Alistair Jack, 112. Yes. <laughs> I need the context of this. Explain to me, please, Matthew. Yes. Alistair, oh wait, no, it's not the puppet, is it? No, sorry, I'm getting confused. Um, it was uh, it was Jack last week decided because of the big news being uh, Alistair Black's release, decided to do an impression of Alistair of Alistair Black, and it was <laughs> it's like no, no, I think I could do the accent, and it basically sounded like the Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> So I think it was Sam who filled it that last week said like, oh, Alistair Jack. I'm like, yeah. And so because I'm a dick, I started going like, hey, yeah, like this in the background while Jack was talking, <laughs> like doing swing kicks or whatever. As Jack said, yo, I used to do jitsu and all that. So I was like, yeah. And um, <laughs> and I was dying laughing and Jack was not laughing at all, which only made it funnier, as we all oh, know. That's right. never happened before. That's, Stop that's it. That happened. doesn't happen on the podcast. That no. never happens. <laughs> Jack doing his best Triple H impression. <laughs> I love you, Jack. It's all good. It's all banned. But that means the winner of last week was Sam. Because mine was Braun Strowman as a train. Because I missed that. <laughs> so that means replacement Sam Driver. Mr. Tom Campbell, you get first pick this week for your Hall of Fame. Uh, for me, it is going to be the new Netflix special from Bo Burnham, Inside. Uh, it dropped the other week. I went home to see my mum and dad for the first time since Christmas uh, last weekend. And my mum was like, Tom, you've got to watch this Bo Burnham thing. And I'd heard about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, if we get time, we'll watch it. And then I was scrolling through TikTok on the morning and somebody had used one of the songs in a TikTok. Some trendy. And uh, and I went, oh, that's from the... Okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. So we watched it that day. And oh, my God, it's brilliant. It's so good. So Bo Burnham was planning this big comeback tour. Uh, this year but there you know because he'd been away from comedy for five years he was suffering panic attacks and uh, and and just generally wasn't in a great place mentally so he took five years away was planning a big comeback tour this year and then or last year then the world caught fire so he did this special that he made over 12 months in this in uh, it's made up to be like a like a guest like like a house i think it's like a like uh, something off his actual house but it's this tiny little room with like a bed and a cooker in it and stuff and he films this special in there and it's full of songs and it's full of pathos and it's there's there's bits that'll make there's bits that maybe roll around laughing that are really like really connected with me and through lockdown and there's bits that just made me cry because I was like yeah I get it because it's all about like the ups and downs of the last 12 months and and he just and it's all raw and on there in terms of like his reactions to stuff like there's a there is a bit where he just bursts into tears because he's just really struggling and he keeps it in and and it's all and it's beautifully produced so well put together and, and slightly hyperbolic I think it's probably the best thing that's been made during lockdown like it's there. There's nothing that I've seen on Netflix over the last twelve months that has really connected and adequately told, like the story of sort of creatives working isolated from the world, like Bo Burnham did. So my Hall of Fame, it probably won't win. It'll be something silly, but for me, I just wanted to put it on record somewhere that Bo Burnham's Inside is a hundred percent Hall of Fame worthy in my eyes. I don't know whether you guys have seen it yet. No, not yet. It's on my watch list though. It's it's good. It's it'll it'll hit you like it'll it'll dig a trench in your soul. But it's it's ever so good. It's ever so good. Now, I've seen a lot of people I'm in friends with talking about it. So 
ever Maybe I should actually follow their advice and watch it. Watch it. But like I said, be ready because it is a bit of an emotional journey. Like it's a bit of a, a trip to go on. Um, I won't spoil too much of it for you because uh, and, and you listening as well slash watching. But um, it's Hall of Fame worthy. And it's my pick for the Hall of Fame this week. Oh. 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 That was really oh. deep and meaningful, Tom. Thanks, you should mate. have gone last. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't winning, but I'm just glad to talk about Bo Burnham with my mates. That's fine. I like his name. Bo. Good, isn't it? <laughs> He's a Bo good lad. Burnham, Bo Burnham, Bo. Bo Burnham, Bo Burnham. Uptown. So my pick for Hall of Fame <laughs> this week, because I honestly can't think of anything that would worth sharing with the cultaholic public, the cultomaniacs, as they do not call themselves. And because you two just brought so much joy into my life there, I'm going to go with Grumpy Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Instead of starting off like, good evening, gentlemen. It's, this is, he said, he started off, it starts off the, I haven't seen it, but I imagine it started off with a 20-minute ramble. Um, you know, you're looking at the, the cerebral assassin. <laughs> Comes out, it's all about the game player, and he has to spit water all over Melton Alvarez, um, and throws a bottle of Sean Ross sap just because. <laughs> Stares at Ryan Satin. Ryan, Ryan Satan's like, I work here. He's like, I don't care. Not for much longer, pal. That's a good you shout know. with Grumpy Triple H. Yeah, and he, he has to do the preamble. He realizes like I'm not gonna get a lot of people asking me good questions, am I? Like, I'm not gonna have people going so. <laughs> So Triple H, the, the pirate, all these people who have released. It's like Triple H's like, I want, I really want someone to ask me like, what my favourite album is. What are my the... Desert Island discs? Oh, what's my Desert Island graps? <laughs> yeah. Do I have I to buy on a... Twitter? He didn't tell me. Do I have to release myself to get on that show, Tom? <laughs> You're not even on the is... call. How so destroying is it a public tweet to try and get a guest, Tom? And it doesn't pay off. I've tried. <laughs> Rene the... Paquette is my Everest. <laughs> The worst part is when you do it and then you get a bunch of likes and retweets on it and people going, hey, here we go, this is happening. And it's like, no, don't. Just let it breathe. Don't the, let it. The <laughs> don't worst acknowledge it. The worst one is people like tweets like, so, oh, someone will go on Twitter, oh, Renee Paquette, you should do Straight to Hell with Ross on Cultaholic. And she'll like that tweet, which she's done three times. I'm thinking, oh, she's interested. She's in. She's coming oh. in. She's coming in for some straight to hell. There has to be a better way that we can approach this rather than going like straight down the M1. If there's a scenic route we can get to to get to Renee Paquette, we should figure that out, mate. Yeah, if anyone knows her, that's opening up to a weird... Well, surely you've interviewed somebody. (laughs) Surely you've interviewed somebody that that knows her. Oh, yeah, a few now. But um, I don't know if I'm on that that level where people I could go, oh, you know that, that Renee Paquette. Would you mind just dropping her a line? But surely you've struck up enough... enough, um, enough conversation and struck off enough discourse with them that you know if you approach them afterwards because like, I've, I've you know I'll you know this do a show a bit behind the curtain on this there's been a few guests that I've liked and I've had somebody on um like I'll give a shout to Nick Aldis actually Nick Aldis was great for this we had Nick Aldis on Desert Island Graps and he was lovely and then afterwards you know we chatted and we laughed about stuff and I said hey look any chance like I'd love to get a few more NWA guys I just slid into DMs like any chance to get a few more NWA guys it'd be really great to talk about you guys more and then Bless him. Half an hour later, I had an email with like, "Is them, is them, is them, is them, is them." They're all up for doing it. Get in touch. So I think there's a there's a way we can do it. There's a scenic route we can take to the heart of your Everest. <laughs> that was a weird sentence, wasn't it? Renee wow. Paquette was my Everest. <laughs> Which metaphor shall we use, Tom? All of them. All of them at the same time. Why kill two birds with one bush? Let's just, let's do it all there. <laughs> The funny thing is about the Triple H thing again. I'll gr- back to Grumpy. No, Triple yeah, H. yeah. But back to the theme. Yes. Think, think about the premise. It's like. Okay, it's a media call. Hi, guys. So, any questions about the product? Yeah, we're not, we don't, 
I think we like the product. Oh, just watch it. It's fine. Don't have an opinion on it. Mm. <laughs> what do you think it, about it should, this? You should play along with it. Go on. Wow, guys, what a great episode of Raw, right? Go on. Go on. Did you like it? I know you did. And he's like, well, we had some issues with it. Ah, oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. No, no, Triple H went, oh, five-star matches all around. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Great job, Triple H. Cheers. The great thing was the questions he was asked weren't even that hard-hitting or weren't even that sort of bitchy, if you want. They were just sort of... You know, they were about sort of interesting topics like the old women's wrestling pay-per-view for NWA and stuff like that, but he just went off on one. No one told yeah. him to. <clears> when you, when you're in a one. bad mood, though, you're waiting for something, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. waiting, aren't you? Yeah. Backstage is like, look, if one of those guys asks me again about the women's pay-per-view, Velveteen Dream, or anything else, or, <laughs> or the Booker T match at WrestleMania 19, <laughs> I'm going to, that's it, I'm so, so wrong. <laughs> So, if you could book Booker T for the women's pay per view with a ex- <laughs> that XT, all right, that's it, that's it, clink, that's it. <laughs> I'm gonna hire you all to work for the new journalism fed. I'm working. Oh, really? Yeah. So I can fire all of you. Oh, Triple H, that's not very nice. My next question is, why do you suck so much? Right, that's it. I'm leaving. <laughs> I've got a secret be Triple H. It sounds amazing. He is good. If you don't like it, stop watching. Oh, okay, bye. <laughs> All the genders should have stood up and left the room. <laughs> Good idea. Anyway, so that's my pick. Ross, I'll stop laughing at my own stupid stuff. Ross, what is your pick for the this week, mate? My heart dropped when you picked Grumpy Triple H because in my mind was sassy Dave Meltzer's response to Grumpy Triple H's long-winded answer. Just that fantastic... I have to get a stopwatch out in time. It felt like two minutes of just solid drivel from Triple H going, oh, NXT call-ups, like for going from college football to the NFL and then somehow it just doesn't pan out. A couple of seconds of silence. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Everyone must have been laughing on the call because it was clear that Meltzer was like, right, you've just served me up a, sti- a steaming pile of absolute S-H-I-T. And I'm not going to buy Triple H, but let's thank you for your time anyway. He just sort of chuckled as well. Just to, I'll go for Sassy Dave Meltzer. It's a wonderful, wonderful interaction between the pair. And Triple H was very friendly at the start towards Dave Meltzer, which I wasn't expecting. I just assumed that everybody, well, not everybody, Everybody outside of Chris Jericho, because that's clearly one of his sources in the wrestling business, just hates <laughs> Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Do you think this is where Dave Meltzer's finally learned that less is more? Because Dave, as we said on the news the other day, Ross, Dave talks how jazz happens. <laughs> 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 Everything he's doing is just a, it's just a riff. <laughs> it's just beatboxing. But the, 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 I'm hoping he's learned that less is more from that little line. Yeah, that'll be great. If suddenly, all of a sudden, Dave Meltzer is really smart, and after all these uh, years of like losing it and just going off on tangents, he, he's, yeah, good now. Thanks, thanks to Pledge. I wonder if Triple H's mind's like, oh, oh no, Dave's having to go with it. All right, that's it. Wait, well, you've been usurped by Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a bad day. It's a bad Dave. It'll be a cold Dave in hell <laughs> when Dave Meltzer gets the one up on Triple H. Dave in hell. I hope, I hope, next, I hope the next conference called Dave is like did a, a parody of Triple H's theme. And when Triple H is like, next up we have Dave Meltzer from Figure 4 Online just plays, Dun, time to play the Dave. And then Triple H has no idea what's in him. <laughs> All the journalists get together and go, right, right, you played this song on this show. <laughs> 
Hail Satan! I'm just a Hail Sean Satan. Ross up. Sean Ross up. <laughs> He's a serious guy. That sounds like serious. <laughs> Yo, we dealing with the Sean Ross. <laughs> Doesn't work. What other journalists are there? What other journalists are there? Yeah, I, think Sean... I'm, I'm not looking like, yeah. I, can, I can only think of Sean Fightful from RossSap.com right now. That's all I can think of. To be he's, fair. A, he, he's a Wade Keller queen. Dynamite with a laser beam. All <laughs> <laughs> right, we need one, one for Finn Martin, then we can move on. Um, oh. Finn. My name is Finn, and I love to complain. <laughs> <laughs> Those three picks are your picks. <laughs> Which ones? <laughs> your picks alone. To reiterate, Bo Burnham's latest special, <laughs> Grumpy Triple H and Sass- Sassy Bay Meltzer. <laughs> If you want to vote for one of those picks, and why would you? Please go to patreon.com forward slash callaholic and place your vote now. That says this week in the wrestling. It's this bloody week in the wrestling. Ha! The bloody week in wrestling. Smackdown. Roman Reigns opens the show and says he's changed his mind about the Usos tag title match. He's going to allow the rematch to go ahead and warns the Usos they'd better win. The Usos lose to the Mysterios, but Jimmy's shoulder appears to be off the map before three. Roman is furious with them backstage and says they'd better fix this before the end of the show. He calls Jay, Jimmy. Jay corrects oh. him, but Roman asks if that even matters. I Roman Reigns makes me feel like a child watching pro wrestling again, I tell you. Because when his music hit... At the start of this episode of SmackDown, my mind immediately went back to what happened last week where Jimmy Uso was pushing for a tag team title match even though he knew, and more importantly, Jay knew, that the Tribal Chief would not be happy with that. So when the Tribal Chief's music hit at the start of SmackDown, I was saying, my God, Jimmy, what is going to happen to you tonight? You must be absolutely terrified of the Tribal Chief. Roman Reigns is fantastic. I don't care what anyone says. I know everyone says it. He's utterly brilliant. Everyone says it, but still, I don't care what you say. (laughs) Yeah. No, we're agreeing. <laughs> I don't care. All right, grumpy Triple H. <laughs> just watch it. It's fine. Yeah, no, no I, don't, I don't agree with grumpy Triple H because, look, just watch SmackDown. Yeah, just oh, watch well, it. going, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I would, if, oh, what, imagine a life where you could just watch SmackDown. Oh, An oh, AEW. Oh, just been off Raw and NXT. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Raw and NXT coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. Chad Gable thinks the Street Profits have been on a downward trajectory recently. I think I did a good job of that word. Trajectory. Now Tra- Trajectory. 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 I said, it, I said it with a CH at the start of the podcast, but that's because of 10 milligrams of hay fever tablet. <laughs> Damn it. I have no excuse. They're on a downward <laughs> spiral by Nine Inch Nails and offers to train them. They are insulted and laugh at Gable. Later, Otis demands they apologise to Gable they refuse, so he slaps Ford and slams Dawkins into some crates. 
I enjoyed mm. these little. It was like SmackDown was a, a fine tapestry. <laughs> what am I saying here? Oh, there was a couple no, of threads. No, go, go along with it. Go on. A couple of threads gathering through the whole show, Bonnie Lads. That's what we're saying here. One was Roman and Jay and Jimmy. The other was uh, Gable and Otis and the Street Profits. And I enjoy because to be honest with you, I don't really like the narrative that Chad Gable has made everything better for Otis since they aligned with each other because he hasn't. It's gone the other way. He was winning money in the bank and kissing Mandy Rose on WrestleMania before Chad Gable came around. I don't know if anyone else is bothered by this, but I'm clearly just a sad man. No, it's true. It's a good shout. Like, you know, Otis's 2020 was, was, you know, far superior in terms of placement on the roster than 2021. I agree with that. I agreed to begin with, but then they did the heel turn. I'm like, heel Otis? Hey, all right. But I actually liked it because I had some very good matches on SmackDown, the tag division. That's kept it going for her. And the non-Roman Reigns bits. So... I like it, but I don't really remember the segment, even though it was only a few days ago. So, who was good and who was bad here? Street like, profits are good. Are they? They sound like not very nice people. We ta- nah 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 nah. That's what WWE does, and it was we're supposed to laugh at the heels, even though it could be construed in some circles as bullying. <laughs> it's like, hi, I'm Gable with a genuine request because you lost last week. Do you want some help? <laughs> Stupid person. I'm like, oh, okay. Looking forward to the matches, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carmela. Jesus Christ. Carmela. <laughs> Car- Carmela. Carmela, 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 Carmela. It's like Nigella Lawson calling the microwave a microwave. <laughs> Camila, as she's been known, uh, Penelope, beats Liv Morgan, the only remaining right squad member in a short match. Zinger line from Liv Morgan here that I've got written down. Um, she's going to make Carmella from a 7 to a 10 with three boots to the face. Take that one, Carmella, you fit woman. I'm going to make it a... 7 to 10. Because so, Carmella think well, Carmella's gimmick is she's very, very pretty. Yeah. So she's a 10 out of 10 in her own mind. But Liv Morgan says she's a 7, but she's going to make her a 10 with three boots to the face because 7 ah. plus 3 is 10. Oh, oh. Wrestle maths. I thought it was going to be... See, in my head, it made more sense. You think you're a 10, I'll take you down to 7. Every time she gets kicked, she gets uglier. But Liv Morgan's mind, kicking to the face will make Carmella prettier, which is a double zinger. That's a... I like that. That's, that's layered. That's layered, that is. An onion burn. <laughs> yeah, she got throw onion. Scrub the onion on her. Yes. <laughs> it's as, she, as she counts down from 10, 9, 8. <laughs> Bianca Belair cuts a promo explaining that Bailey's constant laughter has started to annoy her, and she wants a match at heck in a sec. Bailey appears on the Tron and accepts, and then all the screens in the Thunderdome become images of Bailey laughing like that bit they did with Randy Orton and The Fiend a few months ago. So have they just boiled Bailey down to just the woman that laughs? Basically, yeah. yeah. But okay. I think I still think that Bailey overshadows Bianca me in all these segments, and just in terms of general charisma and cutting off the promos and stuff like that. I mm. think Bay- I know that she's been doing it a hell of a lot longer at, at this level than Bianca, but I think that Bianca's getting a bit shown up by Pamela here. Well, you must have loved this bit then, Ross, because uh, <laughs> Bailey looked crap. Do you reckon? Um, well, not because sorry, that's very rough. annoying. He did. Yeah, she all the charisma uh, was removed, so she just be evil, bad person. He he he! I laugh at you. <laughs> so, shade to Matt Hardy as well. I got flashbacks to that stream we did at the start of Cult Holic, where I watched oh, the same God. the same three second clip for ten hours. That was fun. <sighs> I forgot about that. I used to, you, have you recovered from that yet? 
Oh, it was it was just a four night job, and then just drank a lot of whiskey and had some night all together and knocked <laughs> myself out. I couldn't sleep for four nights after because it wasn't the noise. It was when I closed my eyes, I saw the the the, the three second clip of Hardy. It was weird, a weird time. Don't don't when people say YouTube's not a real job, viewer, <laughs> don't believe them. Yeah, yeah. Dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Corbin faces Nakamura again. Corbin wins with a handful of tights, but Rick Boogs stands in his way when he goes to retrieve his crown. Nakamura kicks him in the head and leaves with the crown again. I'd like to give a shout out to Pat McAfee in this segment here because he adds so much to SmackDown. Just my general enjoyment of watching the show is upped just by the way Pat, Ma- Pat, Pat, Pat McAfee reacts to certain things. Rick Boogs being one of the prime examples. He makes Rick Boogs. Fantastic on SmackDown. But yeah, King Corbin, harsh done by again. Wins the match, but still loses his crown. Poor guy. Poor guy. Poor guy. <laughs> say poor guy again. Poor guy. There we go. Because I have nothing to say about it. Uh, Commander Aziz is banned from ringside for the IC title match, but attacks Kevin Owens backstage on his way to the ring. Ah, like Steve Austin. Not being uh, not be able to get in the ring with Rikishi, but attack him in the parking lot on SmackDown this Saturday with me and Tom. This mm. allows Apollo Crews to retain in a hard-fought match. Sami Zayn runs the ring afterwards and hits Owens with the Haluva kick with the feud that will never die. It will not, will it? Relentless Kevin Owens now, though. Apparently, they were they were saying that a lot. Like he's he's sponsored by energy drinks. <laughs> Relentless Kevin Owens. So you can go even longer than Dolph Ziggler. That was a stream. <laughs> Remember that call back from the last time I was on the podcast yes, about seven like years ago, one, Matthew? Yes. <laughs> I enjoyed the yeah, I enjoyed the match and I enjoyed the sort of the shock and finish of all the, the DVD. But then you remember that Kevin Owens was attacked by the new cerebral assassin, Commander Aziz, because now of course Triple H has lost that title after that conference call. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, any thoughts on SmackDown, by the way, Tom? Else it, even you left out there it's, it's still it still remains oh, you guys were explaining it wonderfully I didn't want to butt in uh, it still remains still remains one of the best produced shows that the WWE does and I just find it amazing how you've got these three so distinctive brands we'll get into the other two in a second and 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 how in two of which are coming out of the same flipping building just a couple of days apart and 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 how the product can can look and feel and and hit so different it's it, it, it almost deserves a study done, <laughs> like in mm. terms of like how how it is the way that it. Why is it the way it is? Like surely raw sh- like when they do the draft, which is which is what has been rumored and innuendoed. When they do the draft, can they maybe mix it up with some of the writers and staff behind the scenes as well? Maybe who are some people that work on SmackDown hoy him over onto the Raw side for a little bit as well. Just I feel like. Not so much to benefit SmackDown, but to benefit Raw. Like some of that energy they have on SmackDown with some of the segments they put together with Roman Reigns. I know Paul Heyman is doing all those and has his fingers in a lot of those, which is why they're so brilliant. But some people from that side over to the Raw side to spice that show up is desperately needed. Was I speaking to you earlier this week, Tom, where I was like, WWE need to release how much input the networks have on their shows I don't think that was with me. It was um, with somebody on this But channel. that's an interesting interesting debate to have, though, like how much uh, Fox and um, and NBC, or USA Network, I suppose NBC, um, 
say who goes where and who pushes what. I think maybe that might say something. But I mean, unless NBC are saying, can you please book Raw really badly? <laughs> you know, like it, like it's the producers. Like, let's yes. make a show that's really bad and see how we do. The, the, fr- the frustrating thing is they'll make money regardless now. Like the, sh- the show could be Randy Orton picking his nose for three hours and it'll still do over a million. Like it's they're now they'll now make money to spite themselves. So there's no there's no reason for them to be any more than what they currently are. But we'll we're talk more about that when we get into Raw. The content era. That's what I'm going to put it as. We're the just content like... and the content era. <laughs> and the contempt era. Uh, just <laughs> oh. Yeah, as long as they're doing all. Just as long as they're making content, they're making money, and that's a, that's a weird thing. Because surely, like, Raw and SmackDown, especially, it, the, the final say is Vince McMahon. So that, they've got that common thread to Vince McMahon, but then they've got the uncommon thread, which, which is the network. So surely that's where things must change. Because it is weird. Because, oh, I don't know. I, I, yeah, let's stop caring. <laughs> <laughs> that's a spirit. Yeah, the Mysterious look like they're going to win again in the main event. However, Roman Reigns comes out for the DQ. Roman beats up Ray and attacks Dominic unconscious. Jimmy objects to this and leaves, but a conflicted Jay stays with Roman as he hits Dominic with a powerbomb to close the show. Can I just say that the, the, the Mysterios came off as heels earlier in the night, I thought. They got the 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 the, the, the messy victory, we'll call it, with the shoulder up. They knew, they knew the shoulder was up, and still in their gear, we saw them trying to chicken-poo their way, hightail their way out of the arena, still in their gear. Which wrestler with any honour does that Mysterios there? Eh? You went down in my my estimations when you did that, but uh, it was yeah, it was good to see Roman Reigns like see his his pals his his pals his cousins look like they were going to lose and then just cause that to happen still via DQ, but prevent it from happening via pinfall to make his family and therefore his table look weak. Take and that being said, as well, Sorry. I like I still love the idea of am uh, I right in thinking they're building to Romulus Reigns versus Ronald Mysterious for heck in a sec? Is that maybe the thing they're doing? Yeah, Hated a yeah. crate. It's something like that they're doing. <laughs> they, they, uh, they're built. Uh, that's what I read this week. That, that, that Roman versus Ray is going to be a little sort of feud to keep Roman ticking over until uh, he gets ba ba da ba at SummerSlam. And I think Ronald and Ray might have a lovely little time if they have a match together on the pay per view. I think they can make some magic. Mm. I like. It. I also like the idea of Roman, Roman being the reason why they didn't win the titles. So it's like the Hannibal Burgess meme, like bang 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 bang. <laughs> Who shot? Who, why didn't you win the tag titles? Who shows? <laughs> anyway, Friday night dynamite. Which hopefully won't be on Friday for very long. It's a bit awkward getting SmackDown and AEW done the same day. Um, the show begins with the Young Bucks versus Pack and Penta because Phoenix, our number one rated superhero dude, is apparently injured with a groin strain. He's injured with a groin. He I has know, a groin. I, said, I started that sentence with this. Is now you say this, Matthew? You also said Phoenix, which is is that not? Oh, a super, a is that thing. a shop yes. in Newcastle? Yes, there we go. One for the local lads. Like it. Just to annoy people who go, no, it's Phoenix, Matthew. Aye, oh, Phoenix. Phoenix. You should see him at Christmas time, man. Fantastic. Oh, oh. the Phoenix window is is a, is a gorgeous. A gorgeous northeast tradition. I'll, I'll spin off because I know we're here to talk exclusively about wrestling. But a fun oh, story yes, about Tom. We, we hate it when we digress. A fun <laughs> story about the Christmas Fennec window. So Newcastle, the Fennec Christmas window is like a big deal in it, Ross. So like, oh yeah, it's a, it's got, a national, a national a... holiday when it when it when it opens <laughs> up that first day. Thousands flock to watch this window 
for some reason, thousands flock to see the yeah. curtains get put back on this window, which is there for a whole month at least. <laughs> and it's always like a diorama of like a kid's story, isn't it? Like Peter Rabbit or or um or uh, Shine the Chocolate Factory, yeah. Shine the Chocolate Factory. And so you've got to walk along the the Fenwick window and you follow the diorama. Um, the one year I I was down there to to help cover it for for radio and. I noticed as I was walking up to it, I noticed they've changed the signage um, at the Greggs over the road. And what they had done, and this is, mwah, um, they, they printed a brand new sign for the Greggs across the road from Fennec that was mirrored. So when people took photos of the Fennec window, you had the Greggs logo the right way round. <laughs> So on all oh. these pictures of the Fennec window in newspapers, online, had the Greggs logo everywhere. The cerebral pasty. <laughs> <laughs> the it's smartest so clever, pasty. That, though, isn't it? So good. I love. I just. I just love that. I adored that. That was a brilliant move from Greg's. Excellent work. Wrestling. <laughs> Wrestling. Yes. Oh no. Back to reality. Kazarian hikes Michael Michael uh, Michael McIntyre. Michael McIntyre. <laughs> Michael McIntyre. Yes. Yeah, Wrestling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, quite posture, that's why it's funny. <laughs> I'll walk across the stage quite quickly. That's hilarious. <laughs> the Northeast people, they speak very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and is chased away by the Good Brothers. Uh, the Bucks win the match. Yeah, Michael McIntyre, what a cameo. The Bucks win the match and look to beat down Penter afterwards, but Eddie Kingston makes the save. It was a good match. It was. But Pac didn't win, so it was a bad match. <laughs> and after double or nothing. A lot of people told me that on Being the Elite, because I don't watch Being the Elite, I'll be completely honest to everybody, Rick Knox was paid off by the Young Bucks, but this was not explained during this match. <laughs> and I'm, Why is this a thing? Because obviously the, the ref couldn't see the shoulders or whatever. I've not made very good notes here. I've put um, Jim Ross asking what's going on as the ref couldn't see the shoulders, whatever that's in reference to. That should have been explained by you know letting us know that on Being the Elite, the Young Bucks have paid off a crooked referee called Rick Knox. Why is there this disconnect when, you know, stuff like this is happening? Shouldn't be happening, should it? No. So I remember you talked about Ross on um, one of the many, many wonderful video series we do here in Coldaholic where you're talking about it. And I remember going, wait, wait, no, Ross, silly person who looks at wrestling and tries to pay attention to what information they give you. They did this at the very start of AEW when they explained, no, no, it's relaxed rules. It's a referee's discretion. Because every indie wrestling tag team now, if they had to stick to proper wrestling rules that you see on normal wrestling shows, uh, couldn't do half the moves that they're allowed to do. Because referee black, no, no, that's five seconds. Young Bucks are DQ'd after two minutes. Uh, so AW has said for a while now the, you know, referee's discretion, blah, 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 blah. But they haven't really brought it up recently. So when Rick Knox was doing this stuff on AW on the pay-per-view, I wasn't even thinking, I didn't even notice it until... AEW brought it up and said, oh, yeah, really bad referee in there. I'm like, okay, you've lost me now, lads. You've already yeah. got this explanation that you've been using for years, and now you've forgotten it, and now one of the guys is getting bribed. Is it kayfabe? Is it not? Is it in canon, I should say? I yeah, I'm with you, Ross. Yeah, it just makes Rick, Lock Rick Knox look like a terrible referee when you don't explain it, which is unfair on him if it's a storyline on one thing, but on, not on t'other. They need to be in synergy. Yeah. Neither the twain shall meet. In the, only in AEW. Mm. And also the fact, I didn't even care about Rick Knox, whether he's just a ref. Pac, a week ago, was challenging for the world title. And here, he loses clean to the Young Bucks. Just saying. Mm. Just saying. 
Because obviously, any time Pack doesn't win a match or a title, it's bad booking. I think we're all agreed there. <laughs> so, not looking good. No poise so far, hey, Dub. Just saying. Tommy Schiavone introduces Mark Henry, but then, <laughs> I love this bit, but then introduced by Vicky Guerrero. And she gets so much heat. She probably gets the most heat on anything on this show. Because apparently this was at the end of a very long set of tapings. And the, the crowd were very spent. So Vicky Guerrero comes out and just gets all that heat. She keeps on getting for years. She gets heat in the North Pole. That no one introduced his the first time. Which introduces the new signing to AEW. And Boo! So... Like Excalibur's like, what did you hear? Andrade, El Idolo was coming out. No, no one pops until he shows up. Crocker's, oh look, it's Andrade. I didn't, I didn't like this debut. <laughs> I thought it felt like sort of like, oh, he's here today, is he? He's actually going to be here today. Oh, we'll just put him on the show then. It didn't feel like it was thought out that well. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, it, it harked back to days of the Butcher and the Blades debut, which I don't like. Nobody had a clue what was going on. But uh, <laughs> I would have preferred. Is that the butcher? Why? Who are these men? And what are their intentions? Jim Ross famously said. Yeah. Um, and she's yeah. looking at Excalibur going, well, you're the indie lover. Come on. You love it. Go on. Who are they? Excalibur says nothing. So you're like, well, no, there they are. That was so good. I guess, I'm, but it's a, it's a weird thing to try and look at because I would have preferred, like I said, I would have preferred. I'm, I'm proven Triple H right here. Um, Just watch the program. I know. I'm not going to watch AEW this week, to be fair, after this debut. I didn't like it that much. But no, I would have preferred like an angle, like a proper bona fide, like, oh, I'm here to... Get to play. I'm Andrade. Ha <laughs> ha. Proper thing happening. But then again, on the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand, <laughs> smoking, smoking tuck. <laughs> um, on the other hand, it's sort of the open endedness of it all. It's like the questions is he, is he with Vicky? Is Vicky now in a stable with Nyla and Andrade? There's a lot of questions, I guess. So, you know, it's, it's, I can see how it works in both ways. I think on paper, putting Andrade with Vicky is great, is a great call. Yeah, you know, a, a heat magnet and Andrade, like that's that works. But I think, like Matthew said, there when you watch it, like Vicky is there is so much hate for it that it drowns out the reason that she's there, um, which is a shame. But then, it, yeah, it's just otherwise, it's just a sort of it feels like a kind of standard AEW debut, doesn't it? Just like here's a wrestler walking out wearing a suit, going, "Oh, it's him! Do you remember him?" I, I think one of the most impactful AEW debuts, and I'm sure there'll be others that I've forgotten, but it was Moxley's when yeah. Moxley turned up. Jr. going, "Hey, hey, John Moxley!" That was great, and I felt like, and I feel like since then everybody has just sort of walked out onto the stage, looked nice in a suit, and they've gone, "Oh, wink, wink, WWE," and then they've signed a piece of paper or said, "I'm going to be the best here." And okay, you can't all be the best here. Maybe just I want someone to come out, make a debut, and go. I'm going to sort of sit nicely in the mid card here. <laughs> I, I might, I might challenge the TNT title on an episode of Dark, but I'm just going to sort of float in the middle of the water here. I think that's fine with me. That all would right. stand out. All right, Christian. Wrestler, <laughs> I tell you what, wrestler saying I will be the face of insert promotion, or this is the insert wrestler's name era, needs to go mm. away from wrestling for a while because too many people say it. <laughs> too many people say it. He used to feel like the, the death sentence for someone who goes, you know, the Austin 316 era or the Hogan era. We're not allowed. You're looking at the Ken Kennedy era. Whatever, <laughs> whoever would say it is like, oh, oh, no, 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 me, me. You're looking at the Stevie Eggs era. Of the-, <laughs> the Bull oh. Buchanan has just begun. <laughs> Doesn't even say error, just says his name. That's right, Load- don't call it error. The Bull Buchanan. Fire the Bull Buchanan. Then, now, Bull. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Also, other highlight of this, other than no one hearing because of Vicky's heat, was the fact that Jim Ross was like, "Wow, it's great to see Andre, Andre, Andrew, Andrew, that bald dude who keeps on throwing pasties at the cultaholic windows." Ooh. Scum, <laughs> subhuman scum. <laughs> Still suspended from the company. Yeah. So we'll we'll move on. We'll obviously cut that out because we want to talk or give him any press whatsoever. Him or his Twitch streams. JR uh, getting Andre, calling Andrade Andre. Just, oh, it, it, I'm just going to load file JR should probably go now dot org dot MP3. Just put that there. Because <laughs> I feel like every time, every I feel like every couple of weeks, JR does something. I just go, oh, mate, just, that's enough now. Look at the JR cam he's drinking barbecue sauce. It's like, oh, <laughs> we, think, we think it's barbecue sauce. <laughs> So yeah, I I agree with you. It would be nice to have someone come out like the like Mark Henry and Big Show coming out with suits and going, "Yes, I'm going to be commentating." Great, that's nice. But for wrestlers who should be doing stuff and beating up people, taking names, it's a bit weird. But then you realize why they didn't have Andrade do that. It's because there's currently no seats on the feud bus because they're <laughs> all filled with everything that happened at Double or Nothing. <laughs> Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson take on QT Marshall and Anthony Gogo. Aaron Solo runs out to distract Cody, allowing a go-go to knock him out. QT falls on top for the win. QT brags on the mic afterwards. The feud must continue. <laughs> the inner circle are here. And Jericho praises Sammy for winning the match at Double or Nothing. Hager challenges Wardlow to an MMA cage fight in two weeks' time. Jericho doesn't feel like he's even with MJF after he pushed him off the cage. He says he's going to beat him and prove that he's still the GOAT. The feud must continue. And so on and so forth. At least Cody sold a punch from a go-go this time, like he's supposed to. You know, a go-go's big weapon in AEW is his, his, his right hand because he's a, 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 a medalist in the, in the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games and really serious stuff like that. But Cody, after everyone else was dying in the build-up to Double or Nothing, Cody just you know, didn't really sell it too much at Double or Nothing, but at least he's doing it now. And I would like to see QT Marshall banned from speaking on AEW shows. Because I, I get nothing from it, me. I, like, what was he? I, I shocked the world, this, that, and the other. I get nothing from it. Like, I, he's <laughs> obviously, you know, he, he works hard backstage and whatever the, the story is, and put, he puts the shows together, and obviously has his hand in the Nightmare Factory and stuff, and all credit to him for that. But he adds nothing to, to, to AEW on screen, I think. I think I can't wait for a go go and the other students to turn on him because I think he's holding them back. <laughs> but the Cutie Marshall era has only just <laughs> begun. <laughs> You, you'll remember my name, Hackenschmidt, Gotch, Fez, QT Marshall. Yeah. Farmer John. <laughs> Sorry, that's a throwback. But yeah, QT, when he had that run where I was like, oh, it's going to be serious then, They're doing the Zbysko Bruno thing, great. But now he's a comedy dude. I'm like, is he? All right. Is he supposed to be? I don't know. Is he just rubbish? rubbish? <laughs> yeah, is he? He's not a heel... I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a good guy. I'm a rubbish guy. <laughs> QT. I'm trying really hard, honest, but it's not quite working. <laughs> I'm that guy. I thought this was good when I wrote it down backstage. Sorry. <laughs> QT, Marshall. Do you guys feel the same, though? Because I just, I, I, I feel strongly on QT, Marshall and AW. He's one of those guys that's mates with the guys that run the company who they're going, hey, oh, let's give you a bit of storyline. Let's chuck you in the mix. Let's, you know, it's jobs yeah. for the boys, isn't it? <laughs> jobs for the boys. Exactly. It's the, fine. You know. Real life Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> give me a second feud, Cody. Come on. 
Number one contender, Jungle Boy. Oh, here we go. Some good teams with Christian Cage to beat Private Party. After the match, Matt Hardy hits Christian with a twist of fate on the ramp, and Jungle Boy chases him off. That's right. The Hardys versus Edge and Christian. The feud must continue. <laughs> Thought Mark Quinn was going to die in the, the setup to the finish with the sort of Styles Clash-esque maneuver off the middle rope. Do you remember that one? Terrifying scenes. I didn't see that. I didn't, no. I didn't oh. see that particular I didn't even notice oh, it. Oh, goodness me. Oh. Oh, goo four. Now we're in an episode of Zap. Oh, <laughs> 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 he escaped, though, in all credit to him. But yeah, uh, Christian's very selfless, isn't he? I like Christian. I like him when he's helping others, which he's doing right now. It's fine. Yeah. Perfect position for him, helping others. Uh, Jungle Boy getting the rub. I'm sure we can all agree with that. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> all back to Zap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shivani brings out Darby Allen and Sting. Sting talks about how the one nothing was one of the greatest nights of his career. But he's interrupted by Scorpio Sky, uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page on the Tron. They accuse Sting of carrying Darby and challenge Darby to beat them with a tag partner that isn't Sting. Because, because here's why, Tom. The feud must contain way. That's right. Perfectly <laughs> delivered. There's a, lot, there's a there. lot of feuds. Conti- they're all continuing, aren't they? Like, yeah. do, was was the pay per view just for double or nothing? I mean, so so it, okay. So the pay per called double or nothing. So I assume we landed on double because <laughs> yes. we're just getting everything again. Yes, the pay per view in a few weeks time will be exactly the same card. I thought they were marketing <laughs> that as their WrestleMania, weren't they? I've seen I've seen a few people say that's their WrestleMania double or nothing. So it's weird to see everything continue. I would always say WrestleMania that all- backlash, double or nothing backlash, <laughs> double or nothing second spin. Triple or nothing. <laughs> I'd say like all out, maybe their their wrestle, or at least should be all in or all in slash all out should be there. Shake it all about. Shake it all about. <laughs> do the okie turn yourself around. I've- I remember an interview years ago where Ric Flair said that lockdown. He was working for TNA. He said lockdown was like the grandest stage of them all. He said he said it's the show of all shows. Lockdown for TNA, simply because it was in April. <laughs> Ric Flair in just in autopilot going, yeah, lockdown, the grandest stage of them all. This is where the legends are made. Like, no, it's a pay-per-view in April. Don't get it twisted with the other one. Yeah, the legend of the dodgy pay-per-view. <laughs> oh, sorry, I only meant to think that. I'm sorry, sorry, Ryan Satan. <laughs> Don't write that down. Uh, various heels are in the ring for Britt Baker's championship celebration. I don't know why they're there. Oh, sorry, Britt Baker's supposed to be a heel. Ignore the crowd, cheering her. Um, she's brought burgers for everyone, except they're all in the ring because they did all the work. What? She got burger coupons after her win, so she got burger f- burgers for, for, for stuff. She got burgers. goes to share a she burger got, toast. With, burgers. I must have missed some of this. What? <laughs> uh, with Rebel Shivani, but Nyla Rose slaps him out of the hands and throws the rest out to the crowd. So Britt Baker was giving out burger vouchers. She got like 1,500 or something after her big yeah. victory. And she and gave them the people. But that, this was the night of freebies because the Inner Circle during their segment gave everybody a free Stadium Stampede 2 t-shirt because obviously yeah. they couldn't sell them because who wants a Stadium <laughs> Stampede 2 t-shirt? Um, <laughs> so yeah, Britt Baker was doing similar stuff with that, but she, she, she did a fakie, I think. I think she did a fakie where she's like, oh, look under your chairs. There's burger coupons, everybody. And everyone looked because who doesn't want a free burger? But there wasn't any. She kept them all for herself. Oh, oh right, right. Because I think that was right. 
Oh, right, right. And so then Bobby think, Lashley comes in uh-huh. and says to Simon Dean, you can't eat all these cheeseburgers. <laughs> There's no Simon system. I'm fit and healthy, and these burgers are bad. And all these PTs around the country go, what were you talking about? They'll, they'll count. All calories. <laughs> but it is, it is reassuring to hear a medical people. professional say that eating 1,500 burgers does no damage to your teeth. So every cloud. That's right. The one thing it won't damage is your teeth. <laughs> and we're British, so what have we got to lose? <laughs> and then Red Velvet beats the bunny. Even after the blade slips a, a set of brass nooks, uh, Red Velvet had a very bad Ooh. landing here, but got up as if nothing happened and then tweeted, no, nah, I'm fine. So well done, Red Velvet. I knew you were top tier cake. <laughs> we it is the best. Ago. Red Velvet is the best cake. I won't have anyone say any, other, any otherwise. See, Reason why I bring this up is because my friend insists that the only difference between red velvet and normal cake is food colouring. I went, oh. no. There is a story behind red velvet cake and what and I think and I don't think your friend is too far off the truth. Because well, there is there is like the whole idea that red velvet cake was made to be seen as a higher class cake. It was yeah, originated in the early twentieth century in Maryland served as a fancy dessert in contrast to what been more common coarser crumbed cake but i think it i don't think there's a massive amount of difference in the ingredients i think it's just high society deemed that be, being called red velvet cake made it posher so you're tasting tories is that what you're tasting oh num num d- delicious tories eat the rich <laughs> should go next door and lick at them and see what the difference is i've been told not to until after <laughs> july <laughs> Eight or ten Freemasons prefer red velvet cake. <laughs> Stupid bit. In the main event, no, really, Dustin Rhodes faces Nick Camarlo in a bull rope match. Aaron Solo tries to interfere, but is taken out by Colton Gunn, main eventer. Dustin wins, hooray. Uh, yeah, this was an episode of AW Dynamite that happened. Mm, wasn't was- the strongest thing they've ever... What, what a weird choice to put the... That put Dustin in the main event there in that ball rope match against uh, against your man Nick. There, it was just a strange choice. It felt like the old days of Raw where they'd put like the main event on first and the and and an opening match on last. Yeah, because I don't. I think they. I think they think internally, people are a lot more invested in the Nightmare Factory versus the Factory than people actually are. <laughs> I'm guessing that's why this match happened. Like I don't know where this story sort of came from that Nick and Dustin needed to have a ball rope match. Where's that come from? Oh, that was it was from Double or Nothing because didn't uh, Nick eliminate him using a bull rope or attacking with a bull rope during the match during that Casino Battle Royale with Cheese? Yeah, because Dustin brought one to the ring. Yeah, oh. like so a that's... cheat. Not so really. all heels, no. they're all foreign heels in that group. Not really that severe to make a main event bull rope match, though, is it? But uh, it was a fine match. You know, the, the good power bomb from Nick and table things, and yeah, it happened. You know why I think they think it's hot because the amount of. Uh, uh, interactions a go-go had on Twitter. <laughs> up to it. Yo, wow, this is really hot on Twitter. Isn't it? No, no, we yeah. love a go-go dunking on you guys. We're not into the Nightmare Factory stuff. We just like a go-go. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like Nick Camarotto, but uh, main event, uh, uh, not, not yet, mate. No, nowhere near. Nowhere near. It, it almost felt like the show was it was booked upside down. Like I feel like if you turn it around, they go, ah, that kind of makes more sense. <laughs> we do it that way. Is it because it's on Friday? And... I was going to say, I think they've actually booked this perfectly for the Friday slot, but for people who just wake up and watch it whenever it's more convenient for themselves. Hey, how you doing? It's like a bit of an odd episode. But the ratings yeah. did show that, yeah, it was around half the people 
sorry, not half the people, but half um, the ratings that they would do on a Wednesday. But they have to do this because of the NBA season. Yeah. I think I'm right in saying that. So Maybe ratings have been these, these, ratings uh, have been bad up. for them last couple of weeks on a Friday. They've mm. not, there's, there's not been good. And uh, you know, you know, we'll mention that. I think some people think we don't mention that, but we mention when raw ratings are down. But you know, there's there's a million different reasons why each one are down. Um, AEW ratings are down. You know, whenever a TV show moves, you know, you can shout about it. You can shout from the rooftops that where it is. You know, but not everybody's drinking that in. We still get comments saying when's graded out. You know, people aren't like always going to spot everything all the time. So you're going to lose people. And obviously with other stuff going on on a Friday, you do, you lose that core audience. And mm. um, I hope for them, they'll bounce back. But I think a show like this kind of deserves the number that it got, to be honest. <laughs> I actually like it when you say like people can't get used to change, expect stuff to happen. And one way you're dealing with that problem, the holic way, is to hire people that used to work here. So Frasier Porter is back with Holic. After a few years off. And can we just pretend that he's always been a here? Few, Fraser never worked here. Fraser was here. I said, keep going, Fraser. Fraser was here on work experience for two weeks. That, that's, he's was it only easy. two weeks? Yeah. He, he's, he, he's moderated <laughs> okay. for channel uh, for, the, for the YouTube channel, for the Twitch and stuff. He's okay. done different social media work. But officially, Fraser was here for two weeks. And we did that picture where we made him clean a toilet. <laughs> that's, that's his legacy to me. That, Mate, yeah. he, he could be running... Um, progress wrestling in a few years' time. I'm like, ah, it's Frazier the toilet, dude. Well, he, well, he competed at North Wrestling, Matthew. Do you remember? Frazier? Yeah, do you remember? No. We did commentary for a North Wrestling show. We did. We, we, we do commentary for North Wrestling in, in the UK, Matthew and I. Yes. And uh, there was a Fraser-Thomas match. And oh, I didn't spot it at first. For the first, for the first 10 minutes of the match, you were calling him Fraser-Porter. And I had to go, mate, it's Fraser-Thomas. I was like, what? Fraser, Fraser Porter who's <laughs> the work experience guy from Cotaholic. <laughs> Fraser what, Thomas though. is the wrestler. Shout out to Fraser Porter because what a yes. hard working man he is. What a fantastic, oh, a what, a, what an asset he is to mm. behind the scenes here. <sighs> Not an yes. ass hat, an ass et. Oh, nice. I like that wordplay. We've got a lovely team at the moment, haven't we? Not that we never did, but like since, <sighs> like, I, like, since I joined, I feel like it's, we've gone from like this to this. And we've expanded, and gosh, we've got some cool people now at the moment. Jim, we cannot see them. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> excited for like the tail end of this year, all being well. I tell you, we can, I tell you, we can all sit in an office and ignore each other. <laughs> over the past year, there's names appeared on our like internal messaging service here at work that I've got no idea who they are. <laughs> I'm like, what? Who the hell's this just rocked up here? <laughs> I reckon, I reckon, like when the office properly opens up. I think if you were a chancer, you could just turn up at the office and I was sit at the desk. Yeah. And you go, oh, I, I guess that's the new guy. <laughs> we wouldn't know. Yeah, it's like I imagine how a lot of indie wrestlers are writing down, I was part of this uh, group on AEW Dynamite one time. And people going, really? I remember. Oh, you know what? There's so many hangers on and giant groups in AEW. Yeah, you probably were, mate. Yeah, I believe you. One thing I forgot to say, by the way, do you reckon... Tommy End my debut in that stinging Darby Allen tag team thing. <laughs> I've oh. written that down here. I've done exactly what Triple H does not like fans to do. I've done some <laughs> fantasy booking. I've got a bit excited, but um, find any tag team partner you want. Always an AEW suggests to me a debut could happen. And I don't know what the timeline is for, for Tommy End sort of contract status and the 90 days and whatever he has to, to go through, but could they hold off? Because about- if, if, if there's some spooky, you know, gothic men, it's stinging Darby Allen, isn't it? That's a good shout, actually. I've got a better idea, though. How about Tommy End walks out onto stage in a suit, surprised, 
Jim Ross calls him Tommy Start. <laughs> he steps into the ring, signs a contract and leaves. I think that's a nice creative way for AEW uh, to debut I'll somebody. A, <laughs> I'll make it better, Tom. I'll make it better. He picks up the microphone and he says, this is the Timmy Start <laughs> era. <laughs> <laughs> and then JR goes, well, that's uh, Timmy Start. Uh, in any event, uh, coming up next is uh, Ruffles paper. AEW <laughs> <laughs> debuts. Yeah. Where the shills, aren't we? Where the shills. Yeah. Thanks yes. for the check, TK. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, thank, thanks to the Fiverr. We know you don't listen anymore. <laughs> Say what we like, get paid. I'm excited for the comments telling us that we're both AEW biased and anti-AEW today. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yes. We're very complicated. <laughs> Monday Night Raw, here we go. AJ Styles and Omos are on the mic ahead of the Tag Team Battle Royal. They say they'll defend their titles once WWE is on the road again and say that they can beat any team in the division. A few people chime in, and it says here, including Riddle, trying to be funny. Hooray. But they're interrupted by Miz and Morrison. Morrison's entering alone because Miz is injured, and he almost lets Miz's wheelchair roll down the amp by accident, just as the slow-mo by Joe Mo is kicking in. The oh, best thing well, that's man. happened on Raw since Xavier Woods versus Matt Riddle. Oh, sorry, just Riddle. Yes, I, I thought it was very good. Uh, Orton looks very strong in the Battle Royal, but he's last eliminated by the Viking Raiders, who become the Mourn contenders. I like the start of this with AJ and almost ring down every tag team to almost remind people who is in the Raw tag team division. Because it was only a few months ago where there was AJ Styles and almost New Day. Shelton well, Benjamin and um, Cedric Alexander just yeah, about hanging in there. Kind of. Uh, so now we've actually got proper tag teams again, and it's nice that they add a bit of insult there, and including New Day going, wait, wait, have you even filled out your form to be a proper tag team? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very like British it. approach to a feud, isn't it? You haven't filled out the forms. Yeah. Have you got a license <laughs> for that tag title? <laughs> that's, how, that's how Americans think we, we talk. I'm wearing two T-shirts anyway. One, because Randy doesn't wear shirts. And two, because he doesn't wear pants. <laughs> it's so sad seeing people <laughs> online. And I get, look, we all have different opinions and different likes and stuff like that. But people go, wow, Riddle has been one of the highlights of Raw on the mic. I'm like, oh, oh, right. I've standard slipped so much now that we're trying to appreciate. Oh, oh, okay. No. You can like what you like, mate. But you've got to be you, kidding. You see, Matthew, it's funny because he's stoned. I wish I was stolen watching this. <laughs> His character does make me a bit embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. Because imagine like sitting in a room with, with muggles who... Is that right from Harry Potter? That's good. That's good. Muggles who don't watch the wrestling. Just imagine if Riddle came on, cut more of those promos, speaking about his, his snake or whatever he's on about, and then the two T-shirts and stuff. You'd be, you'd be dying in your chair, wouldn't you? <laughs> this is my livelihood, this lad's watching this kind of stuff. Terrible. I'm not saying he's, he's good at the promos, but one of the highlights is when Randy Orton says, be quiet, and he's quiet. <laughs> Yay! Crowds like yeah. <laughs> it's because the Austin '99 pop. That's the thing I need to keep reminding myself when I'm watching Raw is that you know I've said it a few times on the channel. Like the best wrestling shows are when they are variety shows and there's something for everybody watching. So somewhere there is somebody enjoying the likes of Riddle and the likes of the main event that we'll get to speak about a bit later <laughs> on. And if they are good for them, I just I don't at all though. <laughs> Elias is here to play us a song about how he had to split from Jackson Riker for his own sanity. And it's not said, but it is heard, and health and friendship with the rest of the locker room. 
Um, if you don't know what to talk about, Jackson Riker tweeted that, oh, I love talking about Elias. We have the same philosophies and views. And then a week later, Elias, whoa, 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 God, splits up on TV. Uh, Riker attacks from behind and they have a match which Riker wins after Elias runs away. Riker I am is a now a real American. <laughs> Fight for the rights of every. Did you hear the Thunderdome going radio rental? The bell has rung just a second. <laughs> That's the Thunderdome. That's the Thunderdome. <laughs> it was. We, um... we, we, we need more Riker. That's what they're ringing. <laughs> I was like, That's not how it works. I, I am impressed with the. Um, I'm impressed with the, the goal. The goal of WWE Asterix. to go. Let's make Riker a babyface. <laughs> I'm sure the crowd will cheer when they're when we're back on the road. <laughs> I I'm kind of in awe of of that level of uh, of audacity. <laughs> I really am. I like that. Uh, we often does this now and again. Okay, two bad guys are teaming up. One bad guy turns on the other bad guy. Oh, we should cheer that bad guy that got turned on by the other bad guy. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. No, but lads, 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 listen. What? He's had a haircut. <gasps> Riker! Riker! <laughs> so to be good. fair, I think his haircut looks a lot better than it did when it was long. But st- I still will not be getting invested in Jackson Riker. I can't see it happening. They want the crowd to cheer him because they think they might think he's somebody else who's had a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> What's Blackson Bliker doing here? <laughs> we've, we've never seen him before in the Impact Zone, Muggle. You know what I can't <laughs> wait for next week? Where Blackson Bliker picks up the microphone and says, this is the Black and Blaker era on Monday Night Raw. He does seem like the kind of guy that is going to do that promo. He really does. And they're going to go, well, this is it now. I've been in the shadows for so long, but now I have come from underneath the evil reign of that Elias fellow. And now it is time for the Jackson Riker era on Monday Night Raw. Ban it from the wrestling. This is the genesis of the beginning of part one. Oh, wait, wait, enough of this. The only way he could get cheered by the crowd now is he changed his first name to Commander. <laughs> Drew McIntyre is waiting in the ring for a contract signing with Bobby Lashley, but Lashley doesn't show up. So, oh Christ, Drew comes a promo comparing himself to Robin the Bruce in Scarlet Freedom. I'm surprised it's taken up this. I swear I did a joke about this weeks ago. About, yeah, they should bring up this. They got no pop whatsoever because it was awful. And they got brought up that uh, they're going to bring up Robert the Bruce. Uh, MVP and Lashley come out and demand that this is Drew's last title shot while Lashley is champ. Drew agrees in exchange for Hell in a Cell stipulation. He chops the signing table in half with his sword. It says here, wowzers. <laughs> Again, I continue to be fascinated by uh, the study case that is Drew McIntyre, a.k.a. What Americans know of Scotland in one character. Kilt. Uh-huh. Robert the Bruce. Right. Sword. <laughs> he trains I'm in the finding... mountains where he lives. When did Drew start being so cringy to watch? When did he stop being like the, the lad who looked like he was just having, you know, just a normal sort of everyday lad, but he's, you know, six foot six and built like a Greek god. But he's still a normal lad at heart. He's just having a great time doing the wrestling with his pal Seamus and, what, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. When did he become such a cringe bag? <laughs> I don't I'm know. Not sure. I think it's a slow metamorphosis over time. You've kind of heard that like, he's gone from these, you've heard him dropping more of those sort of WWE scripted isms into his spiel and and i think now he is like he's approaching full caricature 
of, of Drew McIntyre. Drew Book Scotland. Yeah. Especially yes. up against Bobby Lashley and MVP and that entire look, because that's just like, you know, they've got the, the fancy suits on whatnot, and we've got what Drew called the Lashley train. Pimpin' ain't, pimpin' ain't easy, man. <laughs> pimpin' ain't, pimpin' ain't easy. Grab your bitches! <laughs> <laughs> So the hang of the air. We'll come back to it in two weeks' time, like Alistair Black's promos. Um, But yeah, especially up against Lashley and that entire sort of. I know it's still the the hurt business or whatever that MVP likes to say. Up against that, it just makes Drew look like a a massive nerd, a huge nerd, a A huge Scottish nerd. (laughs) They could they could play off it better, but I don't think they know how to. Like like the whole like it's it's an easy idea of like this this high rolling champ versus this. this sort of just like a, a normal guy like who's just sort of fought his way to where he is they've kind of missed all that and they're just like you say he just his, his scripts are very much loaded with wwe isms and i think that's where they've gone very very wrong and where they've made him quite cringy yeah. so tom what do you think the next thing that drew mcintyre will do is like an outsider's perspective of what scotland is do you think he'll go right lashley i'm gonna toss you like a cable at hell in the cell <laughs> I think that'd be great. I think do that. Uh, be played to the ring by Michelle McManus. I think that's something beautifully Scottish they could do. I think we could double down on it even more. I think um, I, th- I think maybe come out with Merida from Brave, a CGI Merida from mm. Brave who shoots a bow and arrow. It's just my ball. Drew McIntyre for Pet Dragon. Uh, that would be a good Oh, yeah, that's nice. Really? I like that as well. We need Drew McIntyre to have a stable and then somewhere down the line, the stable turns on Drew so then we can have the infamous line of Drew McIntyre just on his knees screaming, they've turned the weens against us. Hey. <laughs> I, I kind of think we're going to have to reach a point where I think when we're, if we all get to a point where we're watching that closing scene on Monday Night Raw and it's Drew's music playing, the commentators yucking up as Bobby Lashley Take pulls haggis off his face, having been yeah. <laughs> covered in haggis from the stage. That's when I think we need to give this job a break. I think that's <laughs> that's when we need to kind of vote with our feet and maybe I don't know go to bogging or something. I feel like they're not they're not a rever- they're not averse to doing a haggis drop onto Bobby Lashley. Fortnite goes, oh no! If only I had something to wash this off my face. This square sausage in this haggis—that's all over my face. And now comes Drew with the iron brew truck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that—that that saved it. Bottle of bucket in a hat. And that's just there going, no! And it's the sugar-free version as well. Ah. <laughs> I'm gonna make a fast buck off this buck fast. Yes. To be fair, and I would. Drew goes backstage and Vince goes, I just, I don't know. It's just not Scottish enough. <laughs> I'll be down for a Drew McIntyre championship celebration with just book fast everywhere. A little bit of the bucky. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Drew McIntyre, we still don't know where he's from, but he has told us that he's so Scottish that he's going to have all the flags in his pub window for the Euros <laughs> apart from one. <laughs> Seamus gets a promo about his broken nose and how Ricochet Carrillo are lucky he isn't allowed to compete tonight. He calls him a word that you're not allowed to say. Gob poo. Yes. <laughs> so great. And I know lots of Americans going, oh, that's, you know, just, that's a curse word? I'm like, well, over here it is. I guess over there it isn't. Um, and then I got told, like, a lot of the people who are speaking their non-native English uh, languages on TV are usually cursing. <laughs> like, Penda curses every episode of AW Dynamite. Um, Tajiri was cursing every time he was on ECW. 
And Ludwig Borger on the two times I talk on the microphone, which just insult everybody in cursing. So well, I think, that's I think which yeah, I mean which 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 English curse words do you reckon WWE would completely ignore? I think I think um I'll just like slang from over here. I think bullocks, but not bullocks, uh, would uh, would fly. I'm 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 cautious. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to upset the algorithm. Um, yeah, I think we don't even say this is a them, dangerous but, topic uh, of discussion. Yeah, it, it is, is indeed. <laughs> it is indeed, isn't it? You're playing with fire. <laughs> You're playing with fire, Bobby Lashley. So to celebrate Burns Night, I'm going to challenge you to Inferno <laughs> match this Sunday. But they call it a Burns Night match. A Burns Night match. <laughs> Do you get it, pal? Because Burns. MVPs. <laughs> MVP helps him win by th- throwing a big book of poetry at Drew. <laughs> 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 Why did he pick Hell in a Cell, by the way? If he wants anyone not to get involved, why did he pick Hell in a Cell? Has he not seen one before? <laughs> it is funny, though, because at WrestleMania, MVP did kind of interfere, distract. It wasn't a huge interference, to be honest with you. But then the trouble threat happened, and it was a clean victory. So now Drew is angry, and it's like, why? Mm-hmm. You're just salty. Yeah. I you're, think not, you're not justified. You're just salty. Surely that stipulation's made it an easy win for Bobby, so we can move on to something new. Yeah. But then I'm thinking, who who is the new? Who is who's who's in line to be a challenger for the world title? Bobby Lashley's world title. It may not be Kofi Kingston mm. backstage with MVP talking business. Kofi says he's busy. Do not talk to MVP. MVP says he was a huge fan of Kofi when he won at WrestleMania, but last week he lost to Drew and shook his hand. He's now nothing more than a loser again. And Kofi does the they do the EastEnders thing where MVP walks off and the camera goes to Kofi and Kofi's going, hmm, I'm thinking. So I hope I'll, he is thinking. I hope we do get some of that because that'd be great. I was a big fan of this, adding a bit of layer to the old story, something that mm. didn't happen in WWE but did actually happen because that video went viral, didn't it, just after WrestleMania 35. It was Shannon MVP, wasn't it? Sort of stood next to me to the... Getting emotional at Kofi winning the, the big title, so I liked yeah. how they threw that real thing in there. It was a, a nice, a nice change from the norm. So it's nice. Mm. Oh, and I forgot to mention um, the two flippy useless lads have a number one contenders match with the US title. And it goes to double count out because Ricochet does a Spanish fly off the apron <laughs> to the floor, and Sheamus goes ha ha ha, <laughs> and he's, he's crying, laughing. Bad guy in this <laughs> yeah. You guys suck. Why would you do that move to the outside? You're stupid. There's no number one contender. I'm going. Bye. <laughs> to be fair, that just must tell me they've got nobody in line for a US title shot either. Oh, no, Seamus can't wrestle, can he, for a while, surely, because of his face. The, the more you think on it, they've got really, apart from the tag belts, there's really nobody in line for anything, is there? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You've got, you've got this... You've got so many belts, but nobody in a position to to offer anything palatable for them. The US title on on paper, Sheamus doing this open challenge is a great idea. John Cena did it, and we saw guys like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Neville coming through. Real fun surprises every week. And they've kind of gone, hey, an open challenge would surprise people every week. It's Umberto, and then Umberto, and then Ricochet, then Umberto. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, it's a great concept, and it's, it could be an opportunity to bring some new faces in, but they've just gone, oh, this is a device to apparently get over Umberto in a way that isn't really working. Tom, do you think they had this idea of the open challenge, and then they went, oh, we fired everybody. Yeah, uh, so it's just auto, auto-filled Umberto, ricochet, Umberto, ricochet. I think the raw writing team is that gif of Gromit on the train putting the track together. <laughs> 
that's raw writing team at the moment. Like, oh, open challenge. We haven't got anybody. Oh, just uh, Umberto this week. We'll f- figure it out next week. Yeah. And then you get to Monday night and you go, oh, we forgot. Oh, let's do Umberto again. <laughs> yeah, the dude's like, ah, oh, just written everything up to SummerSlam. Ah, it's a few months sorted out. Wait, what's this breaking news? Half the roster's been fired for f- Let's look at the raw roster, right? We've got Akira Tozawa's there. Angel Garza could be if he was just, you know, used on He's TV. busy kicking flowers at people's bum, apparently. Oof. Yeah. That's a thing. Cedric Alexander could be. Damien Priest, I don't know where he's at. He could be as oh, well. Drew Gulak, if used properly, he could be. Uh, we've got Humberto, he's in there. Jeff Hardy. Who? Yeah. Um, <sighs> Mace. <laughs> Matsua. <laughs> um, Reggie is apparently on Raw. Oh, <laughs> Shanky is on Raw. T-Bar via Xavier Woods. There isn't really that many options, is there? But there are a few which they're just not using for whatever reason. I mean, I like the idea. Now, you mentioned it there, Ross, and he completely slipped my mind that he was even there. Jeff Hardy. Mm. Um, he's been a bit down the card as of late, but it's a former champion. Like, I think I think Drew's going to peel off to go and fight um, Jinder. Oh. That's a thing I think that might happen. And then... It leaves Bobby free for somebody. Jeff Hardy, a former champion, squaring up. That's all right. Jeff Hardy has said many times that when the crowds are back, he wants his no more, no more diamonds coming, going forward, uh, music on. Do that and have a title match at the same time. There's a lovely aesthetic there. Uh, why not? I think I think I think the crowd will get behind Jeff Hardy if he was challenging Bobby Lashley for the title. But you've got to now. Don't just go. Oh, here's an announcement match. Let's have a. Let's tell. It's a crazy idea, WWE. Let's tell a story to get Jeff Hardy there. Let's tell a story, a compelling story over the next seven weeks, and how Jeff Hardy challenges Lashley. Go yeah, on, but, a day, you, you cowards. But then, Tom, if they start telling stories, fans might get excited and start, you know, trying to trying to predict where the story oh, goes. Yeah. I was about to say, like, everything you're saying is just making Triple H grumpier. Yeah. Just stop watching it. Right now, he's just going to the microphone. I don't believe it. They're wanting stories. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine Triple H's Victor Meldrew. I don't believe it. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) It's also what the writers say when they've just written six months worth of storylines. And it's like, oh. All right, back we go. Cedric Alexander says he's going to take his legacy to new heights by beating Jeff Hardy. The Cedric Alexander era has begun. <laughs> That's right. He then loses to Jeff Hardy. <laughs> We've come full circle, though, lads, because Jeff Hardy was speaking about respect and it's happening on Raw, and Jeff Hardy made Cedric Alexander famous by beating him. Like Undertaker beat him 20-odd <laughs> years ago. Well, that's right. The spirit of the Undertaker lives through Jeff Hardy. And that thing that they never really addressed or went with because it was a story. Uh, Sonia Deville forces Charlotte Phil. Oh, she'll get her interest, Revan. And Rhea Ripley to team up against Oh, how will they coexist? (laughs) (laughs) To be fair to Charlotte Rhea, though, in terms of how will they coexist, they've done in the how how will they coexist era... If that's now in era, because it seems to happen every single yeah. week these days, they've done it the best. I thought here. I thought they were, in terms of how will they coexist, the way they would pat each other on the head and slap each other. And I loved it when Charlotte just like Rhea was trying to get back in the ring, and Charlotte just pulled her off the apron and went, "Ha! Get back in the ring now, will you?" <laughs> I like that sort of stuff. So they did it well, but it's still rubbish. Stop it. We've I seen like Rhea Ripley smacking Charlotte on the top of the head. Yeah, love that, that was fun. Love that poo housery. <laughs> 
Charlotte and Rhea can't get along and end up brawling. Charlotte hits natural selection and Nikki pins Rhea for the win. Nikki Cross is the number one heel on Monday Night Raw. Because <laughs> the narrative on this week's Raw, which I could not believe it, we had Sarah Schreiber, I think it was, saying to Nikki Cross that she's been on one hell of a run of wins, even though the wins are <laughs> lasting two minutes and a beat the clock challenge, which she then celebrated like a heel would. And now she's in this match here. She stole a pinfall after whoever whoever attacked whoever. Nikki Cross is a heel, even though she's a baby face, but she's a heel. I tell you what, I'm loving of a runaway freight train. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving Raw right now, just so we can talk. This happened, I just laugh. Backstage, Mustafa Ali tells Mansoor that he isn't ready for his match because he still tries to fight fair and square. Mansoor does win his match, though. The first thing through his like roll up. He won a bizarre. Mansoor's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want anything to do with you or retribution, mate. God, get away from Oh, this. poor Ali. Like, he, like he, he tried so hard with retribution, nothing came of it. And even now, he's trying to start something with Mansoor. Well, you won't win because you're too nice. And he wins. Oh, yeah, but Stanley Kubrick could have got into that retribution, in fairness. I mean, bloody hell. <laughs> shut it down, shut it down. They did. <laughs> MVP wants to talk business. I've done that bit. Uh, yeah, then Kofi goes out and beats Riddle in the Hartford contest. Good lad. Uh, Shayna Baszler comes to... <laughs> Look, I'll just say this before I get into this bit, which is obviously the thing that's got Triple H very grumpy this week. I'm at the point now where Monday Night Raw, I'm saying all this stuff. Nothing phases me. Nothing makes me go, what am I doing with my life? Isn't oh, that no. sad, I though? know what I'm doing with life. It's watching wrestling. Raw's been like this for forever. We've had The Fiend, The Summer of the Fiend. It's like The Summer of Punk, almost as good. Um, last year with Randy Orton, and this year with Randy Orton, and everything else like that. I expect this type of stuff from Raw now. I don't expect but, but Raw to be sad, fantastic. Because it hasn't that's... been fantastic since, what, 2005? Whatever. I know, but, but, that's a, but that's such an issue. Like, that's embarrassing. So? Yeah, I think I'm that's embarrassed. embarrassing. No, no, I, I think for them it's embarrassing. Because oh, okay. Monday, like, so many wrestling fans came to the wrestling because of Monday Night Raw. I discovered Monday Night Raw in 1999 that brought me out of me being a lapsed fan and it was the top wrestling show on television. Ross, I would imagine one of your first wrestling memories was Monday Night Raw or something from Monday Night Raw. Yeah, well, eventually when we got Sky in the house in 2004, it was all about Monday Night Raw. The replays on a Thursday night, sat there watching. There you go. Maff, same with you. One of your, you know, early... I know you've been around for a while as a fan like myself, but like there's early memories from Monday Night Raw being... You know, not a perfect show, but but a, a, an engaged, impassioned show for the majority of the time, right? Yeah, okay. I mean, apart from the blips like <laughs> Naked Midian or whatever. Oh, no, I'm not saying that, but like, it's, but but you know it's, it's sh- going to be... Yeah, I'm not like defending Rob, but I get what you're saying, but... I'm not I'm defending not it either. It. I'm not defending it either. I'm just saying the fact that we 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 do joke about it so much, and and uh, and a few people have compared like WWE Raw to like WWF in 1995 when it was just that that lack of momentum and a lack of and that's him. And if you're comparing Raw in 2021 to Raw in 1995, that's embarrassing for the company because in 95 they had an excuse. They were on their backside. They had no money. They had no viewers. And they had no talent. This is the this is the decade where they literally have so much much talent they're, they're they're skimming the top of the to the top to chuck it in the bin they have that much talent they the, the last week you had enough in the last two weeks we've had enough talent fired from that company to start a rival promotion and do incredibly well you are not shy of talent you are not shy of money you're to, to to bring in people who can engage 
an audience. It's the fact that people compare it to the one of the worst, the lowest points in WWF is 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 an embarrassment. And the fact that Monday Night Raw isn't like the flagship show for the company anymore, and it is just this weird running joke. That's him. As, and we will laugh our socks off in a minute when we talk about what we're going to talk about next. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. when you really come away from it, that's embarrassing for the company. That's Tom, how dare you? compare 2021 <laughs> Raw with 1995 Raw. First of all, their ratings were higher than ever, despite some of the less than stellar stuff in 95. Bret Hart was there. Shawn Michaels was there. Razor Ramon was there. How dare you compare this just because mate, mate, King I'm watching, Mabel... I'm and- watching 94 on a regular basis. I know. <laughs> the Cold Holic Classic Raw Review every Tuesday. I know how bad this time yeah. is. But my, my point is, Tom, and I get what you're saying. My point is, and we'll try and move on. Uh, even though some people might like this passion stuff here. I know Raw's going to be bad. I don't go, oh, God, I have to watch Raw. I know it's going to be pants. Mm. I don't see this. I, I think we'll be possibly beyond this period of, I can't believe but, but how bad Raw problem. was this week. Because <laughs> it's like oh, going... Well, no, I think that's a little rubbish, Matthew. We should want so? it to be good. But that's the, that's the problem. No, 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 that's I know I want it to be good as well, but... You can't go, let's hope it's good, lads. Oh, it was as bad as it was last week. I'm like, to me, it's like going to somewhere, like ordering something spicy, eating it going, bloody hell, this was hot, and going next week, you know what? I think I'll order the exact same thing and see if it's gotten less spicy. And you put it in your mouth and go, bloody hell, that hurt. It, it can't must be, a lot be the better, curry's though, fault. There was a period of time where Raw would wipe the floor with SmackDown, but now it's gone completely the other way. Just stuff like this. If stuff like this was the main event of Raw when I was a kid, I don't think I would be sat here today doing this job. So I wouldn't have much interest in wrestling. Ross is a Toon fan. Ross is a Magpies fan. Oh, now you're going to make him really miserable, Tom. And this, no, but I would say the better comparison isn't like, oh, this is curry going to be spicy this week. It's being a fan of a football club. It's being a fan of a team. And you have weeks and sometimes months on end where you go and you devote your entire Saturday and you build up and you're passionate and you're excited and you get there and they let you down in an hour and a half. And you, you go home angry, annoyed, wanting Mike Ashley to, to fall off the face of the earth. And then... By the Thursday, you're back in again. You're going, maybe this time, maybe this time. The worst thing you can do with a club is get to a point where you, you've you lost go, all oh, hope. Yeah, well, you've lost all hope. You know, that's, that's, that's you become a Sunderland fan. But, <laughs> oh, but you don't want to get to the point. Sorry, Macum, it's just funny. Um, but you don't get to that point. And I'm just, and I agree with you. Like, no, like this, we're not at that point where we're not willing Raw to be better anymore. And that is the problem that we're not. We're kind of just, we're, it's now become like this meme generator where it should actually be like a, a, a top compelling wrestling product. The WWE titles on Raw, like the, the the title with the most lineage in that company is is trapped on that show. <laughs> you know? Trapped. It's trapped. The fact that a title that they created for the purpose of a brand split is it has far more significance right now than the title that goes back to like the 30s. That again is an issue. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Anyway. Can we're I not just, we're about, not here about wrestling. <laughs> about the whole Alexa Bliss thing, right? The whole like spooky bollock, spooky stuff. I know he said it. I cut myself off. Don't worry. The spooky stuff we're seeing with Alexa Bliss. Because obviously when we were growing up, Undertaker was very much a thing on Raw. Kane was very much a thing on Raw. Why was that good? And this similar stuff so terrible. What's the... Because I can't put my finger on it because... At the very base of what it is, it's pretty much the same thing. But I find Alexa Bliss to be incredibly naff. But Undertaker and Kane still, when I watch it back today, that Undertaker-Kane storyline for me, that was like, you know, that, that's my favourite storyline ever. And they're two mystical beings who, you know, Kane was making fire come out of his, his hands, like lightning bolts come out of his glove and stuff. What's the, what's the difference? What, why it, can't I put my finger on what the thing is? Is it the overproduction? Because because these segments like 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 you had like the K, like Kane and Undertaker shooting fireballs at one another and on Monday Night Raw and and stuff like that. But like with with this, you've got like an underboot cam of Shayna Baszler, and it kind of when you do stuff that that I know you're being very um you're you're pioneering with it and you're putting together like you, we make movies, pal. But in doing that, you kind of you 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 let the veil completely slip like the there is no suspension of disbelief there at all whereas the Kane and Undertaker stuff on the whole and please correct me if i'm wrong was was shot in the same way they would shoot like a a a, a wrestling match yeah it was the same cameras the same sort of that but then when you get these segments where like there is overly heavy production and it kind of the the, the, the disbelief suspends somewhat it's Maybe. taking itself to it's it wow it's doing silly stuff but while doing the silly stuff, it's taking itself too seriously. Yeah, you that's just, a fair shout. You might have just cracked it there, Tom. Yeah. When you think about it, the overproduction does really make you cringe that little bit more, thinking, oh, they actually think this is good what they're doing here. They've put a lot of thought into this. Mm, yeah, that's, I think uh, they do think they're making blockbuster movies. Wow. What do you reckon, Matthew? I reckon Tom's just cracked it there. <laughs> also, another thing to think about is, Undertaker Kane, they had some silly stuff, obviously, they were on for ages and stuff, but their characters, you liked them, and the storylines were setups to the matches. 
the setup yes. for the matches were Undertaker versus Kane, or Undertaker for the title against Austin or Kane or whatever. You know, oh, I want to see that. I have no desire whatsoever to see Shayna Baszler versus Alexa Bliss, who is a kid, or maybe she's possessed, or maybe we'll just not explain anything. I am kind of intrigued the idea of Shayna Baszler versus a puppet, but I'm also stupid as hell. Um, for people who didn't see Raw this week, and uh, who can blame you, Shayna Baszler comes to the ring where Alexa Bliss's playground is set up. Bliss wants Shayna to apologise to Lily, the puppet, but she stomps on it instead. Eh. Pyro goes off. <laughs> Alexa Bliss is like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Pyro goes off and Shayna goes, oh no, the TVs are going off the blink again. Quick, someone get the slipper and hit him. She runs to the back with camera cuts every three seconds. Everyone yeah. else has gone home, even though Raw is still on the air. Why was nobody there? There was nobody there. There. <laughs> There's nobody there. There she sees Lily in a mirror and and uh, it, she kicks the mirror in terror and then you see her in the background like duh, 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 and then the screen goes black and you hear Shayna go ah <laughs> and apparently the killed her chilling <laughs> now had that had that been put together in 1999 and just to, to go back to that point <laughs> sorry <laughs> The puppet killed Shader. That's how Raw ended up. <laughs> the best. Go on, had, that, had that been 99, and, and again, it comes back to back when Raw used to be, well, Raw, you'd have had Shayna Baszler run to the back, but instead of camera angle, camera angle, camera angle, production, da da da, it'd have been one guy with a handicam following her. And you'd have seen like the trail of cable and probably the commentator saying, oh, we're going to follow Shayna Baszler and see where she goes. So you would have had that and it would have felt a bit more in keeping with what they were doing as opposed to cut now to this movie that we made in Adobe Premiere. Bruce Pritchard really likes it. Um, <laughs> but the death by dull thing is, I mean, I'm not going to shoot this angle down just yet. I think it's daft. <laughs> I think it was overly produced and, and a, a, another homogenized episode of Raw. Um, if, if it leads to Baszler doing some fun character stuff, like Baszler just... What if Baszler is just... What if Baszler... Be, <gasps> what if next week <laughs> there's Emily... Lily, sorry, Lily. Lily. The, uh, <laughs> Emily. This <laughs> is where Emily came from. There's Lily. There's two and, puppets. And there's, there's a, there's a Shayna puppet next to her. And we'd never hear from Shayna for, again. How sad. <laughs> yeah. This is great. This is what Money at Raw is, is destined to be. In all these years, Kevin Dunn's like, I hate wrestling. I've always hated wrestling. This is what I want to do. This is an art attack. <laughs> what I would like to see happen at the start of next week's Raw is this: the scream that we hear was actually Shayna going, ah, with a knife and just stabbing Lily oh. repeatedly over and over again. This angle will die. It'll die and never come back. She screamed at the top of her lungs. I used to be a cage fighter. I used to be a serious NXT champion. And she keeps on stabbing Lily in the face. That's what I want to see happen, Matthew and Tom. But interestingly, I made a note here from a promo <laughs> package earlier on in the night. <laughs> Do you see the promo package about Alexa Bliss's sort of journey from... Alexa Bliss of old to spooky Alexa Bliss. No, I see Alexa Bliss and I skip ahead. What happened? Because during that promo, it was like, oh, there was this little girl and she got lost and then spooky stuff grabbed her and took her to the dark side. 
At no point during that promo package was there any reference, any visual reference to The Fiend. The closest we got was sort of the red lights, like Alexa Bliss bathed in the red lights that appear when The Fiend appears. I find that very interesting because this gimmick has The Fiend at its core. So why would you not at least reference The Fiend at all? Well, it did lead to people asking, um, I think, PW Insider this week, like, is everything all right with, with, with Bray Wyatt and the WWE? Like, uh, is the Rotunda lot all right? And um, apparently this is all part of the... This is all going according to plan. Uh, that was uh, so it's, weird. It's, I think it's just to, to push Bray Wyatt and the Fiend so far out of sight and out of mind that when that return happens and we get the intergender match, the Fiend versus Evil Alexa, then it it comes as a surprise. But I think the idea is to push Fiend so far out of sight and out of mind that it feels more special when he does return. I think the best thing about this is the fact that there was that mock uh, conspiracy theory saying the Fiend was actually Bo Dallas all along. We still haven't seen the Fiend since they released Bo Dallas. So all it's done is make people go, wait, was that real? Was he actually <laughs> Bo Dallas the entire time? Is that why we're not showing him anymore? It was definitely for at WrestleMania. Was it, though? Oh, yeah, it was. How do you know? You just tell, can't you? The way he moved. Well, I thought I could, but yeah, where is he then? The way he moved, his, I don't know, a holiday? Gone. <laughs> <laughs> As the fiend. <laughs> As the fiend on the beach. <laughs> John! <laughs> no, <laughs> John Eiley, Photoshop John Eiley from the Classic Rules Smackdown Review. Can you do the fiend on a beach, please, mate? Love you. Thank it's you. It's the scene where he's, at, he's about to go to the Epcot Center to see Walt Disney, and going, <laughs> you do know that you do need to wear a mask. And he goes, "That won't be a problem." <laughs> <laughs> and the camera zooms on his face. So that was raw. Oh, hey, it's that rubbish. will be a problem. And then they cut and he's put a face mask on <laughs> over his actual mask. He's put another one over his mask. <laughs> you can't buy them, you know. Is this often. what you meant? <laughs> I, I love that they've made them as well. I've seen them, Ross. I've seen them. Like, that's, I haven't seen anybody wearing them yet, but I'm hoping that, when we get back to the live shows, we'll see them. A good reason for that, Tom, because I, I, I got hook dinks. I saw like an original mask cane one. So I was like, oh, I've got to get that. It comes with a little thing that goes, this will not protect you from COVID. Oh, for God's don't, sake. Don't, don't wear it outdoors, basically. What's the point? I can't believe wrestling <laughs> wrestlers and their merch would be so anti-COVID that they even their merch <laughs> to be is fair, this was like this was, this was, was really straight it. younger working in the merch oh, company oh, <laughs> he'd be trying to be subtle around these <laughs> <laughs> maybe like he was just sat there with a little like needle just going like putting holes in all the way through like ha 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 we'll create little holes so the COVID God. can get in like, not even real ha 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 God what so that was raw it's rubbish you know it's going to be rubbish no, if you enjoyed it good for you it's just, it's, there's three lads here. I don't think we were taken by it particularly, were we? Oh, I love laughing at it. Yeah. My God. Funnier than even a certain Netflix special. That you can vote oh, for I mean, I mean that made me cry, but for a different reason. <laughs> Sunderland till I die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, actually, yeah, I think maybe Bo Burnham Inside wasn't the most depressing Netflix special I've seen <laughs> yeah. this year. Sorry, Mac. I'm giving you a shoe here this week. I don't mean to. BBC Radio Sunderland back soon. It was yeah. a really good comp. I've never thought of oh, my wrestling, well, WWE fandom being like supporting Newcastle, but it very much is. It's just intrinsically in there and I kind of get rid of it. It's the hope that keeps you coming back every week. Yeah, yeah. But hope WWE that, till I die. Hope that according to Triple H, we're not allowed to have. We're just meant to sit back and just take it. Have no hope. Just yeah. watch it. Be if you passive. Don't like, if a week comes by and you don't like it, stop watching it altogether. 
Yeah. Stop talking about it. Just enjoy it. Conform, consume, obey. <laughs> Triple H, the next conference call. You, you hope Raw's will be better next week. All right. Hope in one hand, poo in the other. <laughs> see which one fills up first. <laughs> NXT. Before the show, Woo! we see that Pete... To, oh, I'm going to go Jack to watch this. So is this where we all rely on one another to have watched No, I've this. watched it. Don't worry, lads. I've watched oh, it. Oh, thank God. So should you, by the way, being paid to review wrestling on this podcast. You, you, you... You triple H, you. I don't know. Triple H, you, yeah. <laughs> triple H, you. Yo, yo. You see that Pete Dunn and Oni Larkin, Oni, good old Oni, had a brawl with The Way. This leads to our opening match between Larkin and Austin Theory. Gargano and Dunn brawl and a drag to the back before Larkin picks up the win. Well done, Oni. Great match, I thought. Lovely match. Um, I'm going to save it for a bit later, but that leaping springboard Spanish fly from the very much baby face Austin Theory. I didn't realize how much of a baby face he was because that's an actual crowd in the in the, the CWC, isn't it? Like, it's not like a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an actual crowd, and they were very much behind Austin Theory. That, that movie did was sensational, but uh, yeah, the very good match. We had Oni being sort of old school and groundy and poundy, but also quite fluid in his technical transitions and whatnot. And then Austin Theory just being a good wrestler, doing lots of nice, aesthetically pleasing moves. I thought it was a very good way to kick off the show. I'll take that fiver now, Paul. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Santos, just buy it. Just use the fiver for hay fever medicine. <laughs> Santos Escobar is in the ring with Wild and Mendoza. He calls out Bronson Reed, who appears and is joined by MSK. Escobar challenged them to a six-man winner-take-all match at In Your House with both the North American and tag titles on the line. The good guys accept because they're good guys. And it's really funny when Big Bronson did a splash against uh, Escobar and the the, the side wall thing that we had to watch lots of times in MSK because they're really funny too. They had to see it some more because it was really, really funny. I mean, they got booed the first time they had to crowd the fans Yeah, that's why, I th- that's why I think uh, Escobar and Pals are going to win. Because I don't think MSK are working as a, baby- as a babyface tag team. I don't know what it is about. There, there's something, there's something a bit unlikable about them. Like, yeah. and, and some of the promo stuff they've done does feel a little bit like, like a, a raw writer has just turned up to do some holiday cover. And it does feel a little, and I don't know, I don't know how much of it is them, how much of it is what they're given. And it does feel a bit cringe and a bit... They'd be great heels if they let them run as heels. It's an easy comparison to make, but I reckon the, the same writer who made Ricochet's promos. Remember when Ricochet would cut promos on Raw where he was being very like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the same sort of vibe as that, and the, I think the sooner they turn them heel, probably the better for me. It's that and like that Street Profits, Ricochet Tyler way where it's like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, no, no one's, no one's laughing with you. No one's... <laughs> We're not on the same level, pal. Plus, I think that they've tried too hard, bless them. Um, it's a horrible thing to say about someone when they're trying too hard, but when they've like, really tried hard to make like make gifts sometimes. You can tell wrestlers and other people try it. Like, they did the popcorn-eating thing, and it's like, yeah, calm down, pal. Like, we don't <laughs> well, that's know what, you that that's, well. That's what media is now, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's, yeah, a, seri- some, it's doing I mean, a series right. of things that can be shared easily online. That's kind of where we're at, isn't it? You're right, but sometimes, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's what all is. But when it's so obviously done like that, you almost feel against it you're like nah, nah you're trying you're trying to make a thing there nah but other times when it happens naturally you're like yeah that's a thing when you feel like you're making it it feels great when it feels like you're being forced to make it it's like nah, no hey rick hashtag ricochet with seamus's hat get it trending no <laughs> no mercedes martinez is set to face an enhancement talent but she's attacked during entrance by zaya lee she takes control of the brawl and throws lee over the crowd barrier before beating her opponent instantly I do watch NXT for the women's wrestling because it's mint. And yeah, this is nice. Get attacked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Go up, boost the match in seconds. Oh, Right, that was done to make Mercedes look big and strong to make Jairi's win on Sunday or Saturday, whatever day it is, all the more impactful, maybe? Yeah, I'll go with that. Aye. Well, that was a nice little angle. See, it's, is it, I just, I find it amazing how on Monday we had like legit shoot fighter versus creepy person booked one way. And then a two day, the next day, legit shoot fighter versus creepy person booked in a very different way, but an incredibly effective way. Yeah. Same company. <laughs> Do you think Nia Jax is going to have to take a pinfall loss to the puppet to set up Shayna versus the puppet? Do you know what? Probably. Yeah, Probably. Why, why, why the hell not? Yeah. What will distract? There will be Reginald, the fire, the booking sheet. What will distract Nia? That, that roll-up finish from the puppet. She'll just slip over and go, oh, She'll just my fall own. over. Just the just puppet disappeared over. into a hole. <laughs> <laughs> And Dandy will stand on the apron doing this. Because that's the gimmick, isn't it? For Dandy, for Dana Brooke and Mandy. And then Nia sits down and she next to Drew Gulak says, Oh, I know your pain. You know, he's got a flower up his bum. <laughs> Just hasn't removed for weeks. Uh, Triple H and Regal greet Poppy backstage. Triple H asks when her new NXT soundtrack is dropping. And she says, Right now, before pressing a button. And <laughs> apparently, apparently, it's like. The nuclear button. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> the dad says it. The dads are impressed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they had all the, the energy of, of like a family reunion, and then like a, a, your dad and your uncle chatting to your sister about pop music. It had all that energy in it, and yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It felt very awkward for everyone yeah. involved. I thought it was fantastic. I need a, a Carry On film. <laughs> to, to make a comeback with William Regal in the star and role because his facials all the way through that segment were absolutely fantastic. I think it'd be funny if William Regal had led it rather than Triple H and just Regal going, what, you press, you press play on your bloody phone and it goes all over the place. <laughs> I think, oh, you kids today with your Spotify's. I think it would have been funnier coming out of Regal's mouth. Triple H yeah, kind yeah. of, because Triple H always tries, like he'll be geeky and dorky, but he'll always try and like, He'll, he'll try and maintain as much cool as he can. <laughs> he's, the, like... he's the dad who gives you a glass of wine when you're like eight years old and he triple H. <laughs> so him yeah. having that role, yeah, it would have been better if it was Regal, but that was a great, a great... And then when Indy came in at the end, heartbreaking scenes. She got the wrong end of the stick, bless her. It was just a, a, a meaningless hug. You know, we've all been there with glasses, haven't we? We've all drawn a picture and then they've rubbed that picture against their face very tenderly. Then we've gone in for a very cardboard hug. Oh, <laughs> Poor it's Andy. not what you think. She's famous. <laughs> I, asked, I asked Triple H for some poppers and he gave me this. There's been a horrible miscommunication. Um, moving on. We get vignettes throughout the show of LA Knight being a classy rich guy and Cameron Grimes being a very unclassy rich oh, dude. Man. This was superb. The oh my god. It was the LA Knight one was just brilliant. Like he he is he. I know it's a cliche and everybody says it, but there's there's so much rock like charisma falling off LA Knight. Oh. Like without even trying. Like him in the jacuzzi with the women laughing. Like getting them to laugh. And he goes, "Okay, stop laughing now." And the bit with Cameron Grimes stole the week for me. Is Grimes who is um, sat in this chair. Like, welcome to my home, to the moon and all that. And he's got a cigar and he's puffing this cigar. And he's like, here, I'm like Ted DiBiase. And his eyes are red and the tears running down his eyes. I'll have a shot of whiskey. <laughs> and he's like coughing. Yeah, look, son, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> it's just, it was, he 
day, Cameron Grimes, I think, has the opportunity to become the number one babyface on NXT. I, I am. Um, that's for me this Sunday. That's the match I care about the most. Yeah, that million dollar ladder match. I love everything they've done here. And I, I mentioned it on Twitter. When I watched this bit, I was like, why is the same company making Big Macs on a Monday and then Waggy Beef the next day? Like, because <laughs> this is so good, like so beautifully done. And I, ah, oh, Grimes, Grimes is a star. He's a star. He's just owned this million dollar redneck thing. He's just, oh, he's so good. I don't know if Triple H was working the marks, so to speak, on that conference call, but he said that. Cameron Grimes doesn't drink and Cameron Grimes doesn't smoke, but they gave him real alcohol and a real cigar when they could have faked that stuff. So the tears and the redness in the eyes were legitimate. So that's dedication to the role. But still, why, why not just give him some fake alcohol? And I don't know. He, he looked genuinely, genuinely in pain. I felt a bit bad for him <laughs> in, his, in his million dollar mansion. But uh, yeah, just the, oh, LA Knight. I didn't watch much of him before NXT. The most captivating wrestler in all of wrestling for me when he's got a microphone in hand. I got I got scoffed at by both Matthew and Jack when I compared it with The Rock a few weeks ago on the podcast. Oh, but, mate, you're, oh. No, I, I would not scoffed at you. I'm 100% with you. Oh, the words are so fluid, Tom. They're so fluid coming out of his mouth. Incredible scenes. There's a, there's a charisma that many people c- couldn't even hope to, to reach with their fingers. Yeah. And he's so good. <laughs> Look, we've <laughs> got... Dummy. Yeah. yeah. He's got charisma. I'm not disagreeing with that. I said it. I thought it was um, very wonderful in impact with his delivery and stuff like that. It's He was in a weird position where he was very good talking, but also very good at being stupid. And then something, something, he won the impact title. Bit on there. But I wouldn't compare it to Rock. Ricky oh, Starks is the Rock. There can't be two Rocks. No. Of course they can. He'd be Don Morocco. So, I could 100% compare him to The Rock. 100% compare him no. to The Rock. It's like, he, do, you know, do you know you can make him uh, perfectly in 2K19? Because they've actually got Eli Drake's walk-on entrance is in the create an entrance bit where he does the ding, ding, ding. So you can, if, oh. if you are that inclined to make creator wrestlers in 2K19, not 2K20, it's it's a it's a bin fire. But 2K19, you can make Eli Drake or LA Knight. I love how he's nicked Benjani Muaruari's gimmick from the football. <laughs> Anyone remember Benjani Muaruari for Portsmouth when his celebration would be that point of the fans? Fantastic stuff. Did not know that. That's a lovely factoid. You don't have to... <laughs> don't Say his name again. Benjani Muaruari. It's a beautiful Jari. name. Oh, I can say Ben Jari. Triple H is doing that backstage, like, you're cut, you're cut, you're cut. <laughs> uh, I yeah, tell you what, so, though, Cameron oh, Grimes, is, is, his car was nicer. It was a Bentley, I think, or was it Rolls-Royce? I'm not too sure. I can't remember. I got written down, and his house was nicer. Therefore, I believe that Cameron Grimes has got to win. I hope they do make Cameron Grimes. I'm sorry, Triple H, for doing this again, but I do hope that Cameron Grimes wins. Because that one hell of a moment that will be. I hope they do. Like It looks like LA Knight's going to win, but then no. Something happens. See, I'm predictions. I've I've picked LA Knight to win. I think LA Knight with Ted DiBiase there, Knight with the million dollar title initially, because I think there's money in the chase for Grimes, who's like, I want that title, I want to be a million dollar man, and LA Knight with that belt, just just cutting promos about how rich and gorgeous he is. Ah, it's just money. Oh, have just... Grimes win it, and then once Grimes wins it, he can just treat it like dirt. Like he can keep <laughs> dropping it on the floor. He can he'll spill a he'll spill some whiskey on it. It's <laughs> just that all of that, please. Thank you. I just want Grimes to win. Then next week's NXT, just have a live sex celebration with him and Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Satin pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> satin pajamas, a lovely satin bedspread. John, no, actually, John, no, don't do that. <laughs> no, no, John, no, no, John, John, no, no. Teddy Biassi in lingerie. <laughs> Close Photoshop, John. Close Photoshop. <laughs> and Triple H is like, well, uh, we, stop Grimes, watching. <laughs> Cameron Grimes doesn't have sex, so we got him real sex for that sex. <laughs> stop complaining. And you know what? At the start of all this, uh, when it was starting on TV, it's like, ah, Teddy Biasi, Teddy Biasi. I'm like, ah, oh, is this another angle where they're going to put the old 80s WF dude over more than the current dudes? I'm sick of these. But they've done such a good job of utilising Teddy Biasi to get these two guys over. I'm like, oh, yes. Perfect usage of a legend. Thank you. As long as they're Teddy actually like, really good I'm the manager NXT. now. It's like, no, no, go away, Ted. But yeah. the fact that they got the, I thought it was funny, they got the golden ladder. I went, hang on. That's Goldust's gimmick. Oh, no, wait. They've added little dollar signs. Oh, now it's Teddy Biasi. Yay. That was majestic, the way that sort of flew into the ring and sort of bent in the... Oh, oh and it was a nice... Yeah, oh, turn. lovely angle on it, wasn't it? Nice, that was. Yeah. I think that, I think on the whole, NXT have been really good at using their their sort of legend characters in a way that, that puts over the other ones. Like Shawn mm. Michaels turning up ahead of Escobar oh, versus no. Devlin, coming no. down and just putting the ladder in the ring, keeping it simple. Didn't it like it. It would have been all right. Except the other guys went, Shawn Michaels, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here? It's just like that, like the dripping from their tongues. Shawn Michaels, like, oh, you muppets, you nerds. <laughs> guys, look. It's like, yeah, he's your boss. You see him every week? Idiot. <laughs> anyway, the grizzled young veterans beat August Grey in two or five lives. Eichmanjaro? Uh, no. Uh, despite Champa and Thatcher watching on from the outside. Gibson cuts a promo after the match and challenges them to a tornado tag next week. Champion Thatcher accepts and charges the ring, and the Grizzled Young Vets bravely run away. Shout out to Zach Gibson's wrestling boots. Oh, they're modelled, Matthew and Tom, on football boots from the early 2000s. I'm, glad, I'm glad you've spotted that as well. Waiting it's for a, nice a wrestler call. to do it, yeah. I've never seen a wrestler do it before where they've actually taken the design of a football, football boot and put it on a wrestling boot. It's fantastic. My concern is that, that, that should Zach finally be recognised uh, for what he is, how brilliant he is, they'll take him to Raw, they'll see NXT and they'll go, we make him a footballer, pal. <laughs> he just volleys people like just John like... Smith. Have <laughs> <laughs> <Damn> it! <laughs> and then they make him a full-on footballer who only who can only kick... And then they go, ah, oh, this hasn't worked. I don't understand. Just imagine he was so good at NXT. Just imagine his entrance being like the stereotypical. He's got the scarf. He's going. Da, 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 da. Yeah. This guy's a footballer. <laughs> he's waiting in the gorilla position just there. The one's like, just, just waiting football around. is a sport that is big in the European section of the world. <laughs> the, the mining town of Europe. Yeah, the small mining Three towns miles of Europe. From London. They love soccer. <laughs> Sometimes they get audiences of up to 100 people to watch the games. <laughs> oh, imagine Michael Cole describing the offside rule oh, and VARD. <laughs> His head would explode. Brian Alvarez. His shirt sleeve <laughs> is past <laughs> the line. <laughs> I might ask Dave Meltzer to explain the offside rule, but then take a week off to hear it. <laughs> come back. You go up, you go up for a restaurant in town to come back. And <laughs> so uh, then the players, they come round here. But except when they don't, when they might go around there. Yeah. <laughs> plans, right, ch- plans changed when VAR kicked in, though. 
writes itself to <laughs> oh, different days. Nice. The referee made one call, then plans changed nice. when VAR came in. But uh, yeah. I could watch, honestly, Gibson selling a massive forearm from one of the jobbers who wasn't Austin August Gray. What's he called? The guy I with mean. the. Yeah, him. Zach Gibson selling that forearm. I watched it a few times. That is a gifable moment, but not quite an award which is coming up very soon. <gasps> <gasps> been waiting for this. The build, the build. Yeah, I hope they they've got those new trainers that they do stuff they used to do at school where Thatcher goes, "Hey, I like your trainers, Gibson. What brand are they? Kickers? Oh, don't mind if I do." <laughs> <laughs> Just me? No. Okay. <laughs> Everyone going, no, Matthew. We didn't have kickers trainers. What are you, you tramp? That puma. Puma. Don't mind if I do. And then a puma. <laughs> yeah, <gets them>. to... <laughs> I like, oh, uh. Whatever. I remember the, awesome. the kickers, the kickers school shoes with like the red and the green thing on it. Was it? Is that was that kickers? I was a Clark's man myself. Like I would go down to Clark's. Me. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> Bank Clark gets thrown at you. Yeah. <laughs> Printers. Oh, okay. Put on a mask. In wrestling, free. never. Hey. No comment, no comment, no comment. <laughs> Think about the money, think about the money. Candice LeRae calls out Poppy for upsetting Indy Hartwell Ooh. and taking all the attention. Poppy. Poppy. Poppy arrives and admits she's not a wrestler, but she knows someone who is. Io Shirai returns. Oh, I thought it was going to be Bad Bunny. Uh, returns and kicks <laughs> Candice out of the ring. This was fantastic, this. Yeah. yeah. As, uh, as shocked as I was to see Io back in NXT, because I thought she was finished then, maybe going on to pastures new. Yeah. Um, but... If you don't want to go, I think that's fair play. <laughs> Happy where you are, but uh, yeah, I thought I was it was masterfully done. A lovely, a lovely use of Poppy. Nice, it was, again, like well done, well put together. I think it was just I, I, I didn't enjoy the the bit behind the scenes of Triple H and Regal as much as everybody else did, but I thought this was good. I like you know, Poppy's Poppy's good as a, a character in NXT, like sort of the bad buddy of NXT. Maybe not make her wrestle, but. I don't know, she might be really good. I might be doing her a great disservice. She might come in and do a hurricane rana. Yes, she might. Uh, <laughs> Ember Moon beats the Kai via DQ after interference from Raquel Gonzalez. Ember wins the subsequent brawl and hits Gonzalez with the Eclipse before holding the champ's title up above her. Good for her. Good for Ember. It was a good match, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. A little I bit. Mean, it's not often it... they have bad matches in the women's division in NXT. No, but this one was a different level, Matthew, because Richard, it's time to play the <gasps> thing. Oh, my. Oh, oh, oh baby. That's right, everybody. Thank you to Kylo Voss. Kylo Voss for the submission of that jingle for Ross Tweddle's Move of the week, which this week was Ember Moon's Somersault Stunner. Because I don't think I've seen that before, and it's mighty effective and very pleasing on the eye. Kylo Voss. I need to thank um, Ty Detling as well for his submission in the mailbag this week, but he just got, just got pipped at the, final, at the final post. Can we all submit jingles? Why I? Cool. Leave that Sweet. with. Oh, no. Tom, Tom's <laughs> face lit up there, ear to ear. <laughs> I doubt oh, it'll no. be arousing, as arousing as Kylo Voss's submission, though. Cause I don't think it will be. I don't think it will oh, be. Oh, is that oh, the one yeah. you're using? Oh, oh that's oh, in okay, there. Right. Oh, it's in there, baby. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I'll great. have a go at making something similar, but I'll do it on company time. <laughs> oh, Tom. 
points her head. Smart like wrestler. And then Karrion Cross calls out all of his opponents on Sunday. O'Reilly? No, oh really. Gargano and Dunn all come out and cut promos on him. Basically tell him he's all rubbish. But Adam Cole appears on the Tron and says he isn't coming out. He says he'll win the title in your house and prove Cross's reign was nothing but a disappointment. O'Reilly calls Cole a coward and slaps Cross. We get a big old brawl with Cross standing tall at the end. Until Cole arrives and makes him out at the end. Oh. Yeah, it's been a good few weeks for Cross, hasn't it? Where someone came out and told him he was rubbish. Then someone else came out and said he was rubbish. And then someone else said he was rubbish. And they got laid out by Adam Cole. <laughs> I, good on I you, Cross. I, there's a big disconnect for me here. Because when I've been watching Karrion Cross he, in matches, he just he wins like with a plum. With a plumb. So why are people like Gargano calling him uncoordinated? And cross and yeah, and and Kyle calling him insecure. I don't understand what's that's a, a disconnect. Yeah, cause like the, the character is somebody who very quickly will finish you off, and 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 it's almost like everyone's trying to be a little bit shoot on him, going, "Hey, you're a golden child. You you're not that good, really. You're all this." And it's like the only way they can re- they can fix this is on Sunday, like. And this this is a callback to to what I did for predictions. You know how uh, Roman stacked Edge and Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Stack stack all four. <laughs> <laughs> like Climb on the snap. top. Yeah. <laughs> Climb on top like the princess of the pea. <laughs> See if you can feel a pea between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Pin them all at the same time. Stack them. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. See if you can feel a pea between. <laughs> that was a sentence. <laughs> Copperfield. It's all right. By this point, the YouTube censors aren't watching this far. They've gone, oh, God, shut up, Orin. <laughs> shut up, man. <sighs> well, that was a big old week of wrestling. Good cause a long it bit. It was, aye. Uh, so we all need a break. We'll get ready for the next bit. Let's have a rummage in our mail bags. <laughs> now let's have a little old rummage in the mailbag with Matthew, Ross, Tom, and an interesting looking dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this the balance things out now? Is it? Oh, I see. Cats equal stats, don't they? I that, don't think he wants that's to. That's a myth. I don't think he wants to stay though. He might stick around. Don't lean on the keyboard because daddy's daddy's <laughs> daddy's recording things. <laughs> Never work with animals or kids. <laughs> if the, and if the audio stops, we're going to have problems. <laughs> Are you not staying? Okay. <laughs> I bought some dreamies. I might bring him back during the mailbag. That segment was paid for by the Dogs Are Better Than Cats segment. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Brought to you by Dreamy Shadow Legends. <laughs> anyway, mailbag uh, number one. All right, lads, what's the crack? Like so many others, I want to say thank you for the hours of priceless entertainment you provide on a weekly basis. If it weren't for you, all I would have lost, I would, oh, if it weren't for you all, I would have lost my passion for wrestling long ago. There are so many Vince McMahon pet peeves that we've all heard of through the years, but one I agree with is calling belts championships. I always thought belts sounded so worthless, whereas championship adds a gravity and importance to the object. So my question is, are there any McMahonisms that are disregarded by the wrestling community at large but that you actually agree with? Thanks again for all you do, Eric from Dublin. Thank you very much, Eric. Hmm... That's essentially all a burrito is. So I agree with Vince McMahon on calling him a meat wrap. Um, 
I'm a big fan of eating a bottle of water. <laughs> we make movies. <laughs> we make movies, pal. Um, I agree with Vince's sleeping pattern. I think like Vince, I'd <laughs> sleep for about three and a half to four hours a day. <laughs> I think that's... So I agree with that to an extent. I think on the whole, right, over the years, Vincent Mann has had a lot of hits um, with ideas and stuff. I think it's just over the last <laughs> many others that... This, the cracks have shown. Um, I'll tell you that, what, on a serious note, I agree with his penchant for a big sweaty man. Yeah. Because when you see, when WWE get a big sweaty man brawl, right, I'm thinking of SummerSlam 2017 with the four-way. I'm thinking of Braun Strowman just doing big crazy things when he used to do that sort of stuff. That is a lot better for me than watching little lads in kick pads doing it. It's just something way more impressive than when a when a big lad does something like that. Brody Lee flying through the ropes doing a to, a tall pay. Stuff like that. So I, I agree with his penchant. Not always, not when they have no charisma, but when they've got charisma and big muscles as well. I agree with that. There you go. Go on then. I'm going to go with one of my favourite man stories that Paul Heyman said one time, so it definitely happened, was that Heyman had heard that Vince McMahon can grow a pretty impressive beard, but he doesn't have it grown out. So he said to Vince, some lines, why don't you grow your, your beard out? Apparently it's, it looks really good on you. And Vince McMahon looked at Paul Heyman and said, because I can't let it win. Um, for years, I had that conception as well. Just because I can grow a pretty all right beard very easily. This is only a few weeks after I shaved it then. It's like, no, I am in control of my baby face. Then it's taken me during lockdown for everyone to go, Matthew, you look so much better with a beard. Never go clean shaven again. I mean, oh, oh, okay, right. But I still like the idea of like, yeah, I'm going to get you facial hair. <laughs> that does that does ring fairly true because it falls in line with the Vince, the theory that Vince McMahon hates sneezing. Like with a passion, it was sneezes. Was it? it was sneezes he doesn't like because yes, Stephanie confirmed this because he, he can't control them. Mm. <laughs> He's livid about it. I imagine him sneezing, going, "Damn it!" Yeah, I imagine he gets really angry when he sneezes. <laughs> Just getting mad. Vince McMahon. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag ten minute twiddle. <laughs> ten minute twiddle. Oh. Uh, but apart from that, sadly, because of wrestling, the McMahonisms. I'm not sure of the McMahonisms or just how. Um, commentators talk but I do I sadly do say nonetheless the wherewithal well, you, uh, stuff you hear all commentators saying because my man said them on commentary and I guess he's yelling at people to say them what a manoeuvre yeah yeah one two three no we got him yeah no, <laughs> and, uh, oh, two, one. oh I, dig- I digress never used to say these things but because I listen to wrestling specifically WWE the part of my everyday vo- vocabulary nowadays good shout yeah. I'm sticking with eating water. <laughs> what's that from? Beyond it the was mat. From, yeah, beyond the mat, where you see where he goes, we make movies, and then he drinks this bottle of water, <sighs> but he does it in a way like he's biting into water. Oh, he drinks bottles of water. Weird. It's just very aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Strange fellow. <laughs> I digress. Next question. Uh, <laughs> hello, lads. I've been a huge fan since the WC. Must mean WCW. And this is my first time emailing in. I hope you guys saw last weekend that Triple H attended the first game of my 76ers, 76ers, saying that right, second round playoff matchup against the Atlanta Hawks. As someone who hasn't got a chance to attend a wrestling show, I lost my mind when DX's theme hit and Triple H came out with Joel Embiid. I'm getting that right. Seeing my favorite basketball player parading around the court 
crotch chopping with Triple H made me think of a question. <laughs> Has wrestling ever intersected with a specific niche interest of yours? Ooh. P.S. Jack. Oh, here we go. This is your invitation to jump on the Sixers bandwagon since things aren't looking so great for your Cavaliers these days. Love the pod and keep up the great work. Josh from Philly. Oh, I hope Jack sees that and he's very invested. <laughs> hmm. Is it, In yeah. terms of football, that isn't like it's not Wayne Rooney slapping Wade Barrett or Vinnie Jones appearing on ah. that random pay per view. Yeah. Arsenal at the moment have done this weird thing where the players are running it back out from the changing rooms for the second half and they're playing wrestlers' themes on the tannoys. Like, Arsenal's running out and Triple H's The Game is playing in, inside the Emirates Stadium. It's a weird... And they've done it loads of times. I think Batista was played one week, John Cena as well. They've done it a few times now and it's a very weird thing. <laughs> is that like a BT Sport thing to coincide? Like, hey, also... No, this is just like inside, inside the Emirates. It's not affiliated to any sort oh, of... Oh, okay. Any, yeah, I, I don't hmm. think that when football teams play music inside the stadium, like before a game or just before, or during halftime or when the players are coming back out, it's affiliated to the, the TV sponsors or anything. But yeah, it's, it, it's only at the Emirates. It doesn't happen anywhere else in, in football as far as I'm aware. So yeah, whoever does the CD playing at, uh, at the Emirates Stadium obviously has a, a few... Jim, Jim Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I always get a buzz seeing wrestlers popping up in TV and in films. Like and and whenever I'm with people, I, I always I don't know, I always have this urge just to go, well, if you're watching the Sherlock Holmes movie, go, Oh, there's Kurgan! Like and they go, Who's Kurgan? Well I can tell you. I like when that happens a bit. I could I mean the only time I can it's one thing I can think of in non wrestling life, like my dad's not a wrestling fan, but Every so often he will, he'll say, "Hey, our bushwhackers, how are they doing?" <laughs> and uh, to the point where I got a chance to interview the bushwhackers, and I did it just so I could ask on behalf of my dad, "How are you doing?" <laughs> um, but th- like the other, the other the other night, actually, no, it would have gone back about a month now, where Dad rang me. Normally, when Dad rings me, I like, oh, is everything all right? And uh, he said, "Hey, I'm, hey, Tomo, I'm just uh, watching Joe Rogan, and that Undertaker's an interesting lad." <laughs> I was like, yeah, he is, yeah. And my dad's there going like, do you know he's never not been The Undertaker? Like, he's always been, like, until now. Like, now is the first time he's talked about it. And he, and he was quoting stuff like The Undertaker talked about. Hey, he's... He, and then and that's it. And I started watching him on YouTube. And hey, that was a good match he had against Austin. That's like, and it was just this weird little bonding moment with me and my dad where we're talking about The Undertaker. <laughs> and uh, I think that's the only other time I can think where it's sort of fallen into... To real life, you you hear the odd mention of it on TV shows, and you always edit edit pops you when they do. There was a really the one that sprang to my mind was on Ed Ed and Eddie. This is a really obscure one. Uh, it was Ed Ed and Eddie where they had a, a an episode where they they were wrestling or fighting or something. I think they were wrestling because then one of the characters said, "Oh, wrestling! I like it when you do that thing with your eyebrow." And we all, like, wrestling fans knew what it meant, but it didn't exist long enough for anybody who wasn't a wrestling fan to be bothered by it. But everybody who was a wrestling fan went, ah, it's a, a thing with The Rock. Oh, That's a thing. I want to go back and see that now, because I used to love Ed, Ed and Eddie. Yeah, I can't remember the episode that it's from, but it was uh, it was a, a cheeky little nod to The Rock. And there was one Twitter that went viral-ish. This means a lot of people saw it. It doesn't mean it went proper viral, but, like, when they're eating really dodgy burgers, and then Ed has got a straw... And this guy's just like, is this a dude's reaction? Yo, he's drinking a burger! <laughs> 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 do 
It's like, yes, because that's how I watched it as a kid as well. But obviously, he's a grown man. Like, yeah! <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the fact that other than hearing parents talk about stuff with wrestling, I think my mum, she's like, a few years ago, was like, oh, have you have you heard about that 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 WWE wrestler who, who who's gay? Like, publicly. And I'm like, wow, my mum's heard about Darren Young. That, that's amazing. And um, he went, she went, no, uh, Pat Patterson. I went, <laughs> I went, Pat Patterson's gay? What? No one told me, Mum. Don't read those, those dirt sheets. I was hoping she was going to say, Billy and Chuck. <laughs> that would be even better. But, and I, think, I guess that went in a few like news sources. That's right. Pat Patterson comes out as gay. I'm like, um, oh, great. But I'm going to say better than that is when uh, Hulk Hogan used to show up on things. Because he made cameo appearances uh, on stuff like Spy Hard. With Leslie Nielsen, mm. it's like the troops are. Oh no, there's too many of them, and then Hogan shows up, and then it's like, "Yay, Hogan!" And then some other stuff happens, and it cuts back, and Hogan's getting beat up, and this old woman has to save him. <laughs> uh, and that was good. But then his best appearance, I think, cameo-wise, other than Gremlins, because that's like prime Hogan. Gremlins was great. Gremlins one's good, but I think one doesn't get enough love is uh, Muppets in Space, when he shows up and he's like. He cuts a promo because he? He, he was NWO Hogan then. So that's good a promo going, that's right. And I forget which... Uh, I'll still make your liver quiver is a line that I'll still make your liver quiver, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, no, 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 Hogan, Hogan, stop doing that. Stop cutting promos. You don't do that anymore. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry about that. This <laughs> is so unexpected. It's like, yes, that's right. It's me, Hogan. As NWO Hogan. Ha, ha, ha. No, no, stop, stop, stop. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's such a funny cameo. So, yeah, I'll go with that. Nice. It's always nice when you get your parents talking to you. Have you seen that? Yes, I have. Thank you. The yeah. only way my mum does it is she watches Jonathan Ross. She goes like, E. Ross, did you see that wrestler on Jonathan Ross? And it's always like <laughs> Batista or someone like that. I'm like, nah, I didn't see it on Jonathan Ross. Because I can't stand Jonathan Ross. Oh, why aren't you a fan of Jonathan Ross? I just, I don't, I just, there's something about him. Don't like him, Tom. He's not the greatest of interviewers. Like, there's nothing a, really offensive about the guy, is there? Apart from maybe Andrew Sachs or whatever it was. Apart from that, Malarkey. But I think I think Graham Norton is a, is a superior oh, yeah. uh, chat show host. I Big think Graham, Graham Norton, Norton gets more out of his guests than Jonathan Ross does. I think Jonathan Ross was way better on the radio. It's way better, much more relaxed. But when you have to get him in that, that tight timing and, you know, all right, get get the stuff in there. It can be a bit like, all right, calm down, pal. It must be a really hard job, that like a TV chat show host with the the tight, as you say, the timings and whatnot. Yeah, very hampering. Very hampering. Is that? Oh, shut up, Ross. <laughs> We've been going for two hours twenty four minutes currently yes. on the recording. Great, Ross, great shooting on it. Ross shooting on everybody else in show business with the word Ross in their name. <laughs> Jonathan Ross, Jim Ross. No Ross is safe. <laughs> Hello, dudes. Hope you're all well. Here's something a bit different for you to try. A wrestling version of Play Your Cards Right. Oh, here we go. So, Matthew, please pass hosting duties over to whoever was in charge of the mailbag this week. Who was that? Matthew, you can just read it yourself. Yeah, I, read I think the, I did. I, me, I read the, that's right. Me. I read the, we'll I read the first one, but that was it. So I know what, maybe I know what the first answer is, but that's it. Ross, I trust you did not go to levels of cheating on a mailbag question. <laughs> this. It means a lot, okay? <laughs> yeah. For those not aware, Play Your Cards Right is basically a game of higher or lower. For this, all the answers are from Wikipedia, so please don't blame me if you disagree. Here's an example. We start off with the number of Ric Flair's recognised World Championships, 16. And then, higher or lower, number of Undertaker wins in his streak. 
which well, is 21. So higher. the correct answer is higher. And we carry on with 21 being the starting point for the next question. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So ho, 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 ho. let's try this, see if we can play our cards right. Do, 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 do. Nothing for a pair. Not in this game. Oh, God. Let's begin. Number one amount of people Kane has eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Higher than 21. I'm going to say higher. Higher as well. Oh, no. Sorry. The way this is written, big bomb. It's that or number of people who have been WWE champion. So the starting number is Kane. Oh, WWE champion higher. Yeah, I'll say WWE champions higher as well. It certainly is. 52 WWE champions compared to 42 Kane eliminations. <laughs> so 52 is the number. Number of world champions. Oh, no, we're not. It's, it's separate each. Why have you said that? <laughs> Come on, Bruce. Yeah, hang on. You said it, do it like this. And it's like number of. No, he has done it. Fantastic. It's just... God, imagine your price is right. It was like... Yeah, this. Da, 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 da. Number of I world just, champions. I just read the email now and uh, he's written it very strangely. Higher or lower? So 52. 52. Then NWO members. And it says original NWO, not Hollywood or Wolfpack. Exactly. Well, well, lower then. Yeah, lower. Obviously lower. Yeah, way lower. 52 champions compared to 28 NWO members. And I think he got sick of counting all the NWO... <laughs> spin off some Wikipedia went, oh, to hell with this. So, not 28 is the number. Higher or lower, members of the Bullet Club compared to the NWO. Oh, the NWO original, remember? Lower, lower than 28. I'm going to say higher just to be awkward. It is higher. 28 yes. NWO compared to 29 Bullet <laughs> Club. Hudley Tie. Take a look at what you can do. What the bullseye? Is. That's bullseye. Have a look at <laughs> it. Now we've gone over to John Virgo for the trick shot. So we're on it's 29. It's like a Pachiti Tuesday night stream. Yeah, it's it's right. Ticking all the boxes. What the, what the points make? <laughs> trick shots. Barrymore pool party. <laughs> oh, no. Bullet club members, higher or lower than the number of in-your-house pay-per-views? Has there been more than 29? Because I'm going to say lower. Yeah, I'll go lower as well. It is 29 bullet club compared to 28 in-your-houses. Oh, not much. Nasty. In-your-house pay-per-views. 29, uh, 28 is the number. Higher or lower, Vince McMahon's days as WWE champion. He was champ- uh, lower oh, because yeah. lower because oh, I would say why, but lower. Yeah, way lower. Four days as champ compared to twenty-eight. Because he forfeited the he title. Did. He did a thing where he went, "Excuse me," while I whip this out, and he showed it. And it just sounds wrong, doesn't it? Vince McMahon's days as champ for. Higher or lower length of the shortest match? Oh no, shortest match in Mania history. Well, it was four. four it was, so it's higher than four days is the shortest match oh, in WrestleMania. Yes. Four uh, days in long. seconds, I should add. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they- <laughs> <laughs> the shortest King Kong Bundy went four <laughs> days. <laughs> it felt um, like it. Um, in seconds. Oh, yeah, four, yeah, because it's the shortest match is three seconds, isn't it? Because it's Rock versus Eric Rowan. Mm. 
Dead right. Yeah, higher. Six seconds compared to Vince Mann's four days. Anyway, length of the shortest Mania match. Six seconds, higher or lower. Number of names the WWE Championship has had in its lifetime. Oh, WWF. That's the title name's higher than six. What a lovely audience. I've oh, just got a, an so enemy. Good to see it. I'll have a pee, please, Carol. I've got an enemy list here of like Bruce's best catchphrases. One of them was three. Um, Give us a twirl. From the generation game, Bruce would say to this Bruce would say this to the hostess Anthea Redfern so she could show off her dress. Not guilty. <laughs> oh Famous Christ. Phrase from <laughs> Um Wow. What was the number we're playing off? Six. Yes. Higher or lower than six. Okay, I'm gonna say higher. It is. Can you name all of them, Tom? You're doing a good job of actually WWWF yep, Heavyweight yep. Championship. WWF Heavyweight Championship. WW Undisputed WWF Championship. Undisputed WWE Championship. WWE Championship. WWE World Heavyweight Championship. WWE World Championship. They dropped the heavyweight. There was that right? weird period of time between... They dropped like... the world. So it was yeah. WWE Heavyweight, WWE World right. Heavyweight. And now it's back to being the WWE Championship again. Right. So yeah. Well done. Thank you. I could you. have done that. I would have gone the big belt thing. Thank <laughs> <laughs> Number of WWE Championship names, higher or lower? German suplexes Lesnar gave to Cena at SummerSlam 2014. Oh, oh, that nice. was like four, that was like 14, H- wasn't it? Higher, higher, yeah, higher. Do you remember the number? 14. Tom, I'll have a guess at 17. <sighs> Close, but no cigar. 16 suplexes. So, oh, you oh, right. son of a oh. proverbial son of a yeah. twirl. He <laughs> <laughs> would give us a suplex, and he did <laughs> to show off Cena's dress. Number of Brock's German suplexes, higher or lower? Number of seconds <laughs> taken for Triple H to bid Booker T up the pedigree. Mania 19. Oh. Two mentions of the podcast this week. Sweet. Higher, higher. <laughs> Four days, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was higher. Um, 16 suplexes compared to 23 seconds. What a bastard. Look, if you don't like it, stop watching. <laughs> stop ruining it. <laughs> This interview is over. Just flips the table. <laughs> Watch Takeover on Sunday. <laughs> or not. <laughs> and the last one, seconds taken to pin Booker T, higher or lower than the length of the Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus match at WrestleMania 30. Lower. Yeah, lower, but not by much. It was 23 seconds compared to 18 seconds oh, for Sheamus to beat Bryan. Ah. Beginning of the S movement. It certainly was. Nice to see it. To see it. Nah. Nice. Not guilty. No, oh God. Hope you enjoyed <laughs> and 10 questions wasn't too many. Thanks for all the entertainment. Graham or GN Dub as Matthew calls me on Twitch. Oh, thank you, GN Dub. Thank you, Graham. Oh, War Graham. Let's go and have a chat with War Graham. Yeah. And that was all the questions and thoughts in the mailbag this week. If you do have any thoughts of your own, Please keep them to yourself. <laughs> I mean, uh, send them to mailbag at cultaholic.com. What a lovely audience. Yes, so much better than last week. Recess, 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 recess.
Time for Reese's Pieces. Dearest Diddlers. In 2016, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho proposed to Vince McMahon, a buddy cop movie for WWE Studios. Sadly, Vince didn't approve the pitch, and I think we can agree the world is worse off for it. Mm-hmm. However, it did give us an idea for Reese's Pieces. Below is a list of wrestling duos, and you lovely gents have to choose which ones you would rather see in a buddy cop movie. Of the Lethal Weapon, slash Tango and Cash, slash Turner and Hooch, etc. variety. Yeah, they're very similar. Okay, so let's have a look at this. And so, fastest thought first. The Fashion Police or the Good Brothers? Fashion Police? Yeah, Fashion Police. Absolutely Fashion Police. I'm not paying the Good Brothers for anything. Uh, Adam Page and John Silver or Tony Schiavone and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD? Dumber and TS. What was the first one? Adam Page and John Silver. Yeah, I think Baker and Schiavone. Damn it, Schiavone! We've got three weeks to crack this case. Yeah, damn it. I'm a dentist, not a doctor. <laughs> um, yeah, that would work. AJ Styles and Omos or Enzo and Cass? Oh, AJ I'm... and Omos, I can enjoy their japery. I think Enzo and Cass would be fun. Just Enzo running into ganglands and going, hey, we're going to arrest you. And then Cass just battering them all. That'd be more fun. I just want to, uh, I don't know. I could see people turn themselves in. Just Enzo talking. Like, all right, all right, I did it, I did it, I confess. Yeah, so Enzo and Cass. Corey Graves and Brian Saxton, or JBL and Maggle Cole. Oh, JBL and Maggle Cole. Yeah, JBL and Maggle, Maggle, Maggle. Yeah. Shut up, Maggle. <laughs> Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa, or Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. First ones. Um, I think, yeah, I think Ciampa and Thatcher, like, like they are literally the grizzled young veterans of wrestling, so... <laughs> As opposed to the others, but I yeah. think they'd be good cops. Yeah, uh, I picked the likable ones: Thatcher and Champa, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, or Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. Oh, Dane and Maverick! Like the the name Drake Maverick lends itself to being a oh, cop. Yeah. It really does. I agree. I want that. I want like the. I'd have Drake Maverick sat in his sat in the police car. Killian Dane gets in, and the seat goes whoop. Whoa! What a funny start. They are so different. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never get on. Oh no! Hang on, I've got your meal. This is banquet as opposed to some rice cakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that going well. Yeah, I'll pick them as well. Sunny Kiss and Joy Janella, or Eugene and William Regal. <sighs> oh. <laughs> oh. I think Kiss and Janella. I'm gonna say Kiss and Janella. They'd be fun. That'd be a fun show. <laughs> How do you pick Eugene in this situation? It's aged like milk on a hot summer's day. <laughs> do you not think it's aged? Well? I, think, I still think it's a... Eugene. Yeah. Oh, no. I think it's a good gimmick. We're poking fun at... No, they weren't. No, no, no. I think everyone worried about that. But the fact that... I think it's... We're going to detail about this other things. Yeah, obviously he had that. But he could also wrestle really well. Very rarely, though. Well, the first year and a bit when it was like, whoa, he's hitting stunners and rock bottoms and winning tag titles. To be, and then, yeah, Slam- then, then everyone hated him and Triple H killed him at SummerSlam and everyone cheered. Was it SummerSlam 2005 where you had that match with Angle? Yeah, oh yeah, that was oh, it. Yeah, yeah. SummerSlam he lost to Triple H. And it, yeah, and Angle was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Eugene's run its course. <laughs> what a match that was. Uh, I'll go for the first ones. <laughs> Just to be defiant, I'm picking Eugene. <laughs> and because it's regal, you can carry anybody to anything. 
Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell or Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander? Cassidy and Statlander would get old very quickly, I think. So I'll go for the other ones. I'm going to go with Cassidy and uh, and Statlander as long as it's a limited series. <laughs> it's, it's a six TikTok. episodes. Oh, six TikToks and we're done. She's yeah. an alien. He's a mute. <laughs> That's it. What f- the funny here? We can't compute. <laughs> <laughs> we're sending them right down the chute to solve some crimes today. <laughs> there you go. And you, get ready for my jingle, Ross. <laughs> get ready. I'll pick Loomis and Indy Hartwell or the Jingle P. One of them likes Dexter. The other one's a serial killer. He's She's gone. Creep. No one knows where. He's a creep. Damsel in distress. But the creep likes her to lure her into a false sense of security. I've yeah. died a death. <laughs> The creep will tie up the damsel and he'll laugh. Ha ha, he she's in me basement. And then they'll solve some crimes. <laughs> and then Dexter says, I love Indy Hartwell, but I couldn't eat all of her. <laughs> so Could I went to st- Poppy instead, because she is smaller. It's a love to die for. Cut to Dexter winking at the camera. <laughs> yes. That lovable scoundrel. Dexter. Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Could Anglin Stone call Steve Austin or the Rock and Sock Connection? He's a rock. <laughs> you put the rock in the sock and you make a fantastic weapon. You see, two work better than one. Yeah, put your heads together. It's the Rock and Sock Connection. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna pick Angle at Austin as long as Angle wears his little hat. Uh oh no, I have to sing. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do the I'll do the Abbey Vale song. Well the god I have teamwork working together. Good <laughs> Angle and Stone Cold can do it right. <laughs> I had one person message me go, Yes, I did go to that school and that song is exclusive to that school. I'm like, Oh, okay. Wow. Thank you for that vindication because I thought, oh no. I've just imagined it. Or people would go, were you part of a cult as a child? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Angle and Stone Cold is my pick. I can't think of anything funny, so I'll move on. American Alpha or the Iconics? Iconics. Iconics. Jake Roberts and a talking... <laughs> Shut up. Jake Roberts and a talking snake. The other answer doesn't matter. The other answer doesn't matter. It's that. It's that. The talking snake is Jake Roberts. He's gone. Or, or Eric Rowan and his spider. <laughs> I think Jake Roberts and the snake, yeah. Jake and the snake. It's Jake and the snake. It's Jake and the snake. How does he solve those crimes so quickly? It's easy. Oh. With a snake. Tom, out the ballpark. <laughs> First pitch of the evening. The other team's put, throw down their bats and gone nuts on it and going home after that. Jake there just looking bedraggled at his desk going, I can't figure out who did this crime. And then the snake goes, try the museum. Oh, sheer snake. <laughs> Stands up, he's not wearing any trousers and he knocks the desk over. <laughs> I can't get in the museum. <laughs> Snake. I'm going to put you in the bloody, what they call it, the the, 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 the tubes that are always above the rooms. 
the, the vents, pipes. Oh, yeah. the pipes. pipes will go down the pipes. Your sh- your your snake sounded like Voldemort then. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get in the museum, Harry Potter, Abracadabra. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you, to see you, That's nice. Funny. Not guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify, Bruce Forsyth did nothing wrong in all of his life. That's why the catchphrase is not guilty. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine if there's there's always something, isn't there, with these people? There's always something. Oh, God. Ross, we were doing fine under the (laughs) Ofcom watch until you went, there's always something, though. (laughs) Well, no, because, you know, after this podcast, someone will find a news article and go, oh, well, why didn't you know about this? Why didn't you know about the life and times of Bruce Forsyth? Actually, knowing the Coltonic podcast curse, something's probably going to come out in about three hours from now. Bruce Forsyth for the talking snake. You know, they're going to find out eventually. Shut up. <laughs> Who are you talking to, Bruce? <laughs> Can you not see the snake? Uh, uh, it's nice to see you. Hey, you did the line. <laughs> I'm, an embo- I'm an embodiment of your guilt. <laughs> Uh-oh, time for some more drink. <laughs> Best friends or Joe Hendry and Dalton Castle? Jake Roberts and the snake again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got off the reels. I'll go for best friends, yeah. Dalton Castle. He'd be fun. Fabulous detective work from Dalton Castle. Quick, Dalton, you go fix the crime that's been committed and I'll go eat this entire steak platter. So I'll get me food on the wall of this restaurant. (laughs) Joe Hendry. (laughs) That's what it would be. It would be Joe Hendry just like beefing up while Dalton Castle does all the work. He's a big Quick. boy now, isn't Joe, he? Oh, he's Joe, massive. He's a big boy. In a good way. Like he, oh, yeah, he muscular. Is. Not like, you know, not let himself go like me. He's going to drop, Bro- <laughs> drop Brock Lesnar any minute now, <laughs> Joe Hendry. Drop me, pick him up and throw him. <laughs> Joe Hendry, am I right? Am I right, lads? <laughs> oh, yeah. Jake Roberts and a snake. Because Dalton's just like, Quick. Joe, the, the 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 robber's getting away. He's a yard away from you. Joe's just sat down. Oh, Joe, God, he's I'm ran so through that door. <laughs> Go through that door, Joe. He ran through there. Joe tries oh. to get through the door, but he can't because he's so hench. <laughs> no, no, no. Get he back. runs through the door, and there's a Joe Hendry-shaped hole in the sides <laughs> of the door. Dale Winton appears. Hole in the wall! <laughs> Daddy dies on the side writing notes. Dale Winton's snake going, you know they'll find the bodies eventually. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Rest in peace, Dale. I Whitten. told you ten feet wasn't deep. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, rest in peace, Dale. Uh, I the, find the, that people often don't know that Dale passed away. Yeah, he was. He was very. He was very much a recluse really for was many years of his the last few years of his life, and yeah, de- devastated when he passed away. Yeah, he was a recluse because that's what happens when you're evading the police. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, or Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin, not guilty. What was the first one? Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. Oh yeah, those two. Because yeah, that should have happened yeah. in real life. Yeah, I'm gonna go give give Owens and Jericho more time. Yeah. Oh, you got me a birthday card. Why is my name on this? Because it's your birthday. <laughs> oh, that's right. Thanks, Kevin. We're such good friends. Yeah. Let's solve some crimes. Yeah. Uh, the Mr. Canadian John Morrison. crimes. Canadian like, crimes. That's who right, stole the, the maple thing. syrup? Canadian crimes, 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 Canadian crimes. When you see us coming, better run for cover. I'm a donkey and he's a mother. Canadian police. 
There are. <laughs> They're gonna steak on you, cook you like Canadian bake on you. <laughs> Canadian crimes. Canadian Tim Hortons. <laughs> you know they'll find the coffee eventually. <laughs> Canadian snakes, Canadian, Canadian snakes, snakes, Canadian snakes oh. that only they can see. By the way, if you like, if you like the oh, the, the no. nonsense that 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 I've added to the podcast this week, listen to the classic SmackDown review tomorrow. <laughs> it's always nice, a nice platform to get the numbers up on that. So listen to the SmackDown review because it's more of this. <laughs> Less snakes though. Oh, uh, the Mr. John Morrison or Braun Strowman and Nicholas. Ooh. Strowman and Nicholas, but Nicholas is the brains of the operation. Like Danny DeVito. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're twins. Imagine Nicholas is Danny DeVito. Or Danny DeVito is Nicholas. Yeah. Hey, I'm a kid! <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking here being a kid. Brawls like Arnie. <laughs> Give him an hand. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson or Danhausen and PCO in brackets. No, really, they're a team in Ring of Honor now. Madre, I didn't even know that. Danhausen and PCO. Yeah, they're a brilliant team. It's just very nice, very evil. I like Danhausen and PCO. I could see PCO being like, so your gimmick is that you say Hausen after everything? Wow, that's so unrealistic. BRB, I'm in my mid-50s and I get electrocution (laughs) to to do front flips to the outside. I like how they doubled down on the PCO thing. It was, I think it was a final battle, maybe 2019, where PCO beat Roosh. But halfway yeah. through the match, PCO gets jump-started by a car. <laughs> Wrestling is best when it's inherently mourning. I've always said that, and that was a firm example of that. PCO versus the puppet, coming to a <laughs> straight-to-DVD WWE Studios release. <laughs> Keep up the good work. From James and Natalie. Oh, came from a crime fighting duo in Cambridge, England. Thank you very much, James and Natalie. I'm sure that's everything you hoped it was going to be and more. <laughs> Bless you. And if you have any more flights of fancy, then please send them our way at uh, mailbag at callaholic.com. They're going to find the bodies. <laughs> Silence. Canadian crimes. Canadian crimes. Canadian crimes. It's Cultaholics. The question. Oh, what a long, stupid podcast. Is it be. normally this long? Canadian crimes. <laughs> it's normally this stupid. Canadian crimes. Canadian crimes. I've, I've, I've bought this from the train station at Birmingham on my way back because it's been swelteringly hot in the northeast. Ross, are you sweating a lot at the moment? I've got aircon in the office. Oh, it's a yeah. cool 18 degrees here. But it's absolutely But like brilliant. if it, if you walk out the door, it's like getting off a plane in Alicante. It just hits oh, you, the heat. Yeah. Alicante. I'm going to sound more jury there if I tried. Go to Benidorm, get off the plane, Alicante. Get, get a can, get a couple of cans on the plane, then you get off at Alicante. You go straight to Lineker's and you go and get butter. And then, you and then go that and guy watched watch Stinky Vicky pull a full English <laughs> breakfast out of her vagina. <laughs> oh my God, no. I have actually seen that in person, believe it or not. And you have I've only heard the myth of Sticky Vicky, by the way. I've never actually seen... The worst thing, Matthew, about <laughs> Sticky Vicky in Benidorm, who is a performer, by the way, people who don't know, who she gets on stage and she, she pulls things out of a person. It's, 
<laughs> Why is it a thing to begin with? I've got no idea. But the worst thing about her, Matthew, is that when I went and saw her, because it was sort of a... a you know, it's a bucket list thing when you go to bed at all. Oh, there, why again. would you say bucket <laughs> someone, on that? <laughs> she's a bucket list, some would say. How dare you? She's a performer. <laughs> the worst thing about it is, is she, her daughter appeared on the show with her and she has trained her daughter. During birth? No, oh she has trained her God. daughter to do the same thing as her. Amazing. She's oh. passed it on, the lineage of the, the Sticky Vicky. Can you imagine the training? Like they'll be doing for that. Like she'll be getting up, the doors will be getting upset one day. Like I just can I get three ping pong balls out? Mom? She's like, hey, look, it's okay. It's gonna take time. The, the the most incredible feat she achieved when I saw was she opened a beer bottle, like a, a legitimate beer bottle, like a Budweiser bottle. She and then and then took the lit, took the cap off. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, do you holidays? Are we going to get cancelled for this discussion? It's a thing that happened. I was it's there. It's a real thing. It's yeah, a real it's a real thing. person. Yeah, that's how she makes a living. I love that. It, it, like, Jacques British Villeneuve Hol- followed his dad's footsteps to you know win the tournament one year, and then Sticky Vicky's daughter followed in her. For- There's no chance in hell any of this is going to be kept in. Oh yeah, we, that'll be fine. Can't keep that in. Why? Why? It, what, I haven't said anything wrong or salacious or she, she's a everything about that was wrong. Not she's PG. A- She's a performer. I mean, to me, it's like the Bruno Sammartino of that world. Not David guilty. following in her footsteps. <laughs> the big question this week. She's the David Sammartino of David Sammartino. Of, of, of Alicante performers. Yeah. <laughs> Better norms the, the are strange, Eric Watts. <laughs> You hope for a Randy Orton and you get an Eric Watts. <laughs> That's what I said. The post outside says, the David Flair of taking things out from under there. It's all got to rhyme, you see. NXT Takeover is this Saturday or Sunday. Uh, who cares? Sunday. We'll not be watching. I mean, sorry. Uh, well, obviously, very, very hyped up and enthused for this massive Takeover. Let's have a quick look at the card for, for In Your House 2. Uh, the roadie will be taking on the 123 Kid. Uh, Men on Mission, Razor Ramon, Savio Vega, <laughs> and Shawn Michaels for Jeff Jarrett. The IC title should be very exciting. I kid, I kid. Sorry, I got a watch along coming on of that pay per view in a few weeks' time. Oh, fantastic. The, the, the Jeff Jarrett pay per view where he gets hyped up more than anybody else on the card, and then he immediately leaves the, the company. Yeah. Brilliant. Wow. Awesome stuff. So, no, ha ha ha, Matthew, that wasn't funny. Okay, fine. The takeover this Sunday, Saturday, weekend period. Karen Cross defends his title against Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole. Johnny Gargano and Pete Dunn in a fatal five-way match. Mercedes Martinez versus Zaya Lee. Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon for the NXT Women's Championship. Bronson Reed and MSK will defend both their tag titles and the North American tag title. Winner takes it all against Legado del Fantasma. But that is just the build-up to the finale. That is, of course, our main event and hopefully it's NXT's as well. Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight, the ladder match for the Million Dollar Championship. <laughs> Tom, what do you think is going to be the best match on that card? You've just said it. I know, right? Like, I think that I, I, I honestly think that Grimes and LA Knight have had an amazing opportunity to steal the night here. Their feud has been one of the more fun parts of NXT over the past month. Uh, Grimes and Ted DiBiase going back and forth in segments has just been excellent. LA Knight coming into this is the perfect place to slot LA Knight. And I just think that they are positioned here in a, in a card where I think the focus will be on that five-way main event. But I think that they've got the chance to 
steal the night. Absolutely steal the night. And whilst I think, like, I don't think we've had a bad takeover in all the time that we've had takeovers. We've had some good, we've had some great, we've had some excellent, never had a bad one. And I don't think there'll be a bad match. I think everybody's going to work, bring their working boots and go for it. But I think, I think the energy at the CWC for Grimes versus Knight is going to be particularly high. And I think they're going to rise to the occasion as well. So this is Grimes and Knight's big night. I'm picking the million dollar ladder match as the best match of the night. Ross. Oh, what a night. Late December back in 63. Sticky Vicky Punk. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm going to go for Cameron Grimes against Ellie Knight as well. I've, I've said on this podcast a few times, Matthew will have heard, that there's a bit of a disconnect for me when it comes to NXT these days. I think they've got the balance of entertainment and try to take wrestling too seriously with too many wrestlers with kick pads and impressive flips and good moves there's too much of that and i just it doesn't it, it only goes so far with me that kind of wrestling so to see a proper a proper pair of gimmicks in la night and cameron grimes going at it with ted dibiase in it as well is really sort of recaptured my imagination for nxt i want to see more of this going forward because that's what it used to be back in the day back in the hey dave 2015 2016 2017 2018 those are the heydays, weren't they? That's hey years. Four years. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just <laughs> rambling now. But Cameron Grimes versus uh, LA Knight for the best match on the card. But I, I am intrigued by the main event. Well, what I presume will be the main event as well. Um, just with those, the, everyone apart from Karrion Cross not taking Karrion Cross seriously. Is that leading to Karrion Cross, as Tom put earlier, just to, to pack him and stack him? I hope so. So there's intrigue there for me as well. But that, I'd, like, I'd like to see that. I think that they could have some fun with that match and just have Cross be utterly dominant yeah. amongst them. And, and I don't think it hurts anybody. No. Like, they're, they're all guys who like will, will be fine should they not lose this match. Should they not win this match? They will all be fine. Especially if it, they're also the sort of characters that even if it's a humiliating loss, it's something that they can build on. Like a human, like like a like you know, I I don't think they'll do it, but the idea of stacking them and pinning them, even something like that, this is is as humiliating as that is. They're such great performers that they can use stuff like that to their advantage. They can come out of that with a newfound momentum. They can they can there's storylines that can peel off from this, um, from here. But I think it'll be it won't be a, won't be a million dollar ladder match, admittedly. But I think it'll still be a a, a good fun affair. Hmm. Hmm. Wise words there. I'm going to try and think of a match that isn't the lot of match, but that is my pick there. Well, you've, for you've, you've got the winner-take-all match, and I, and I like when they do this. They don't do it very often in wrestling, where they just chuck a whole bunch of belts in on the line in one match. I quite like that. What, they have Poppy sing the ABBA cover <laughs> during the, as the match is taking place? God, imagine they're singing that. The winner takes <laughs> it all. Takes it. Triple H there behind it. Takes it all. <laughs> William Regal. The winner takes it all. <laughs> Not guilty. Not guilty. <laughs> yes, that that will be fantastic. Yeah, and if they don't, if there's no winner by the end of the match, then all the titles are stripped and given to Poppy. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. So I'm going to go with Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. Because Ember Moon, she's been simmering. She's been slow cooking, I think. They're letting her breathe like an Ars the Black uh, storyline that isn't going to happen. And now's the time for her to get up and have a competitive match. It's the same show she Blackheart's currently injured. But Ember Moon has been, you know, she was up, then she was down, then she was up. And she was like, eh, she's kind of still here. But now she's back again. And I'm happy to see her. I think it'll be something, because Shotzi's injured, I, I can see 
Ember rising to the occasion on this one because you know, I mean there is that that competitive spirit within NXT that I really like and I know that you know sometimes some of the matches can feel very samey but there is still that sort of passion to try and have the best match of the night from everybody and I like it and with Ember Moon it's a chance that without a tag partner to kind of cement herself back in the singles division she came back with a lot of energy with a lot of fire and then it kind of dissipated she became a champion of, of a division with no no competitors <laughs> again um but yeah i think yeah i could see a rise into this i think raquel gonzalez and i and i was saying i always say this i was saying this a lot when we were doing graded um i think raquel gonzalez is is somebody to watch going forward i think she's somebody that you can you you will build that division round and somebody that i think will no doubt do well on raw or smackdown down the line tom <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. trying to work out where it's going <laughs> sorry sorry trips sorry trips i forgot i should only enjoy it the way that you tell me to enjoy it my apologies trips <laughs> don't call me trips you little bollocks <laughs> that's one thing i do like about Meltzer is that he refuses to call him in the in the newsletter as well refuses to call him triple h he's always paul levesque he's always levesque did this levesque did that because dave knows his real name he oh. used to in the observer in the old issues of the observer for the classic reviews i always end up going back through the observer he always and he it's, he's just showing off he'll always put their ring name in in brackets their real name so if he's talking about a match between triple h brackets paul levesque beat steve austin brackets steve williams <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nash was talking about that one time in an interview. Uh, we talked about the uh, Syracuse incident with Shawn Michaels and 15 Marines, 16, 200 Marines that were there, <laughs> the 300 Spartans that were out that night. And we're going over the report. I, maybe, I don't know which dirt sheet it was, but he was quoting that he saw. It very amused him when he saw it eventually. It was just like, you know, Bulldog and Sean Waltman were there. In, next to Sean Waltman said, in brackets, legit tough guy. And I was like, ha, 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 like, who told you that? <laughs> Oh, is that what you guys thought all these years? No. Is Dave? Is that was that sarcasm from Dave or not? Or was no, it no, just... it was, I don't know. I, I, I think it was him being like like Dave. Uh, who can tell? It's very hard to judge his sarcasm. But <gasps> Nat, Nat was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, I'm not going to dealt with those Marines. <laughs> He's like the yellow pages upside down. He's very difficult to read. <laughs> oh, me. That's a good. Write, write that one down, Tom. <laughs> oh, you did. Okay, I did. So. Yeah, so NXT should be... Look, there's there's enough there for me to whet my appetite and watch a bit of mm. NXT this weekend. I don't always watch everything on NXT. Like, same thing, I don't watch everything on Raw. Because I am, as I said last week, cutting out the bits that I'm like, I'm just not into this. I keep my sanity high. And uh, I think that's a sensible thing because I feel great. But what would you think, Ross? Have you Are you still watching every single segment of every single wrestling show? I do because I appear on a podcast where one of the biggest segments <laughs> is to review the wrestling. <laughs> That is the sole reason. Not guilty. <laughs> That's the honest truth, though. If honestly, if I didn't have to do watch it for the podcast, um, I would, I would watch SmackDown happily. I would watch AEW happily. I would watch the the Cameron Grimes and LA Knight bits of NXT mm. happily. I would, yeah, yeah. But outside of that, I'd, I'd, I'd happily skip Raw. Um, I don't watch NXT UK unless you get like a Dragonov versus Volta match come around or something like that actually have we, have, we have missed we have missed a big bit of news from this week in the wrestling as you oh, mentioned that's right Tom that's NXT right. UK Zack Ryder showed up at GC Dub to challenge Nick Gage <laughs> that oh, was be great Zack Ryder deathmatch worker so good that's what is good it, though um, new NXT UK women's champion as of last night 
Um, 600 plus days Kaylee Ray had the women's championship, uh, f- defeated by Mako Satamura last night mm. on NXT UK. They did streamers at the end and everything. It was lovely. And Triple H uh, did a Photoshop. I, th- I think he's given John Eilie a ring. He um, he did a Photoshop of him with Mako Satamura pointing at her with the championship over her shoulder because he can't be there to do it in person. When you say uh, streamers, what we're talking here, we're talking like Joseph Connors with a party <laughs> popper. <laughs> no, no, no. Like um, just just going onto Twitch and just getting people like oh, a- Ash- <laughs> Ashley Roboto and all that. Just Gigi, ho- them- <laughs> Dream, Ninja, they're all there. Hoying them over the top of them. Taco over what, the top. I've I've Pete. I'm not much of a Twitcher myself, but I flicked it on the other day just to see what was going on. And down the side, you know, when you look on desktop, down the side, you get all of the channels sort of recommended to you. I yeah. clicked on one of them, just a random one, and there was a middle-aged lady just sat on poolside in a bikini. That was her you stop talking about Sticky Vicky, for <laughs> the love of God, Ross. <laughs> but I was like, is that is that Twitch streamers now? Is that what, what it is? is that- well, there's yes. a whole category now for, for, for Twitch, which is... Um, streams from a paddling pool essentially because there's big money in uh in, in in popping a bikini on and sitting at a paddling pool and, and playing games and chatting to people there's money hey, there's gold in them there else <laughs> i'm waiting for mine to arrive from amazon there's, there's money to be made there but they've now because that because that's become such a popular part of twitch and it, and it's all fallen under the same category as just chatting they've oh. had to recategorize it so mm. people who do just chatting like love you by friday fridays at 4 p.m british summertime twitch.tv slash cultaholic it allows us to cut through a little bit more from people who want to just look at some some ladies um bristols whilst they're having a lovely little swim so what, what what's that new category called then uh, i think i think it is just called hot tubs slash pools <laughs> Coming to Cultaholic next week, Ross yes. Tweddle does the Chief Wiggum in a paddling pool thing. Mate, I think if that was your big Twitch return, I think I think we I think we could quit the YouTube game. Yeah. <laughs> I think we could I think we could do away with YouTube and just exclusively be on Twitch going. Yes. Me, me and Tom will quit because of how successful you are. Yeah, do it, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine it would be like lots of like Bruce Forsyth type sat at home doing that bit. You know, on Dodgeball when the guy's cleaning the car and the guy's stood behind him like rubbing his belly button. Oh. People be watching me on Twitch just going, oh yeah. Not yeah. guilty. <laughs> but I think with what you said there, like I, if it wasn't my job, I don't think I'd watch as much of the wrestling as I yeah. do. I think that it's, it was weird because when I, before I started here, like wrestling was my hobby. And now it became my job. So I've had to go, I need to find a new hobby because now this is all my time. I need to have something that isn't wrestling that I can yeah. put my energies into. And, and it, because and it's it's a great job. Super happy to have it. But it's one of them where you, you kind of, you do need time where you're not looking at wrestling all the time. You and that's desperately what, need that. Because I, I, I've never watched, well, I've seen the Wrestle Kingdoms and whatnot, but I don't keep up with New Japan at all just because of that. Like, you do need, it's a hard thing to try and convey to people, but you do need time away from wrestling. And you have to sort of pick and choose where that time away comes. So when I get, I get pelted sometimes, going, oh, how can you, you not be a fan of New Japan? It's so, the in ring product is so sensational. It's like, oh, I just want time off, you know? You've got to pick and choose your battles, haven't you? Mm. And, it's, and it's, you know what? It's, a, it's actually, a, you know, we, we whinge about, 
how bad Raw is and stuff. It's actually a great time to be a wrestling fan because there is just so much. Like you know, like there's we we we've talked for like nearly over three hours now, and there's still stuff this week that we haven't talked about because there is so much stuff happening in the wrestling. Uh, we haven't mentioned the fact that t- tomorrow the uh, Impact World Championship will be defended in an AEW ring. Kenny Omega's facing Moose in a match that will be taking place at Daly's Place. Like, that's the thing that I announced last night on Impact. I presume they're going to tape it tonight for a pay-per-view tomorrow, which is a strange thing, but there's that. But there's so many, like, Impact has just been brilliant, and Impact is always one of those promotions that is for not just us, by the way, so many outlets woefully under underserved because they've been grafting so much during lockdown. Um, there's just lots of things like that that we just, because there's so much of it. It's great to be a fan. You know, it's difficult to keep across it <laughs> when you're when you're one outlet and you have to, you know, so much of your energy goes into other things. And then when you want to come away from it, you need stuff that isn't wrestling. What is the stuff that you do that isn't wrestling out of interest, lads? Well, actually, before you just uh, go off that, I've seen how great it is for wrestling, uh, like the world of wrestling, is the impact mm. in Japan, etc. Yeah, you're right. There's all these other stuff that we don't talk about because, you know, no one cares or or click on it, and that's what this is all about. Cha-ching. Um, yeah, the other companies, the indie companies. I haven't appreciated how much I really was into the indie companies, uh, this side of the world, um, the UK, Ireland, Germany, uh, the deathmatch places like um, Freedoms, Big Japan, who are running, and so on and so forth, until they're not there, and you realize, oh, it's just this. It's just the WWE or the AEW. And you're like, okay, I'm not always in the mood for that. I don't eat the same food every day. I don't go to the same place. I don't like going to the same thing. Um, what's the thing? Um, familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah, I like. I loved it when there was variety. I loved there was different things and there was this alternative. Now there isn't. Go watch NXT. It's like, no, that's not, no, that's not an that's alternative. Not that's not what I mean. <laughs> I'm sick of Coke so much, I'm going to drink Pepsi. No, that's not what I meant. So, yeah, you need variety. Right now, I've been, uh, things I'm doing outside of wrestling, Tom, that's your question. I've been reading... Um, Skullface Mangasella. I forgot what the actual proper name of the book is, but I didn't realize it had been serialized and Traveling Man and Newcastle's opened up again, so I thought I'd buy some stuff. Um, going to re- start reading The Shining, the book. Nice. Because uh, I've never read it. Love the film. So I just want to see what that's like. Uh, be going to the gym more because we have time limits. So I get more done than I did beforehand because it's a rush. And I spend the next two days feeling completely shattered and having no energy whatsoever. So it's fantastic. And I'm enjoying some of the sun, the glorious, amazing sun that we're having right now in Newcastle. So variety is the spice of life. I do the wrestling and I do other stuff in my life because it can't just be this. What about yourself, Ross? I drink. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> the drinking has gone back up, though, since um, the, the past couple of months, which is because lockdown was fantastic for not drinking, I found. <laughs> you just didn't, didn't want to drink because of everything that was going on, but it's, it's, it's always been sport for me. Um, Famously, well, not famously, I'm picking myself up a bit too much. Wrestling was my secondary subject when I applied for a job at What Culture because I re- originally applied for a, a job as a Newcastle United writer and the, the wrestling thing just took over. So it's always been sport for me. Football, cricket, anything like that, I'm interested in. And I've been getting into more sort of... So I've got Sky installed at home, lads. I went dirty. Billy Big, Billy Big bollocks over here. Somebody's doing all right. Uh, not really. It's, that's <laughs> all, it's all gone now, the money. Um every month but uh, yeah I've been getting into more American comedies like Kirby Enthusiasm I've been going make me way through hey. and stuff like that so and I've always liked I, I like sitting down with a, an autobiography so I've been make me way through gases nice <laughs> and to be honest with you I need to do what he did because he needed to lose weight for uh, for Newcastle United so he went running with a, a bin bag on 
to make him sweat more. So maybe I should do that on my walks, just wear a bin bag and make noises like I'm just crinkling, crinkling along with my bin bag on. That's a good shout out, is actually. Yeah. No, it's I not. Like <laughs> <laughs> I might try it because because like I'm doing, I've started couch to five k, and I'm just because I'm just realised I've just got big i'm just yeah this is a problem now <laughs> like i need to get and I'm, i've got a wedding to attend next month it's not mine but i need to i've got a wedding to attend to so i thought i've got to get down to a reasonable size i want to look like hot to trot in a suit by the middle of july so couch to 5k it is and i started that and it's been quite nice to do that as something that isn't work related to have something else that is that i can focus on and listen to music as i go um i'm i'm big into radio i bang on about it enough in fact in terms of books and stuff i started this i'll give it a plug just in case oc sees it christian o'connell's book about him moving to australia and working and, and joining gold in australia and taking it from like number 17 to number one it's brilliant book. i uh, I mainly do a lot of radio nonsense which isn't this i was chatting to Gaz's mate yesterday ross on the Did radio <laughs> sorry <laughs> that was almost on instinct that it's like you said that and it had to happen sorry carry on no that's a funnier answer i wish it was railroad now um uh no um on, on radio newcastle we had david seaman on it's nice to have a chat with david seaman he told a fun story about... oh he's got the best laugh every sentence ends with <laughs> he's a very lovely laughy man and he was um he was telling me about a story where he, like, he kept saving Gaz. Gaz kept falling in the lake. A paparazzi caught them fishing. He chased, they chased his paparazzi. This is during Euro 96. He chased his paparazzi uh, through, through like, this fishery. Uh, and when they caught him, they ref- he refused to give him the, the tape from the camera. So Gazza grabbed his phone and smashed it <laughs> and then let his tires... No, don't, sorry, I'll tell a lie. He didn't, he didn't smash the phone. He let the guy's tires down on his car. <laughs> the guy managed to get away, but he dropped his phone. Gazza has the phone and uh, they clicked redial on the phone and the first number that it went to was uh, was Piers Morgan of the Daily Mirror. So David Seaman and Gazza that day just just lit up Piers Morgan's answer phone <laughs> with how angry they were. They'd sent a paparazzi to take photos of them fishing. <laughs> Good laugh that was. Yes, I do mostly that. It's quite nice to have things that isn't wrestling is yeah. the, the point that I was making. And if you're a wrestling fan, make sure you have that as well. That being said, I've to go to sleep now. Wrestling podcast is what I listen to. Conrad, I've gone to sleep more times to Conrad than anybody else. <laughs> Which isn't, do you own like a terrible thing? Home? Of course you do. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible thing, but oh, the, the, the Geico advert he's got in his more recent ones just like, you need Geico. That's the end of the advert. Geico. That's the advert done. I think it's funny when you listen to it and you're like, yeah, getting a bit loose and falling asleep. And he's like, so Jeff, you're Bruce. What was the idea on this? And he's like, this, this awful idea. It's so terrible and stuff like that. Like, Do you own a radio home? Ed Free shows. There's like, the, it's so seamless, the production, that you're like, wait, why is he just. Like, we almost expect them, Bruce, to say, are you all right, mate? Like, the way through. But it's just, there's no transition. It's not like, pilot. Yeah, there's not like the old uh, Lord Alfred Hayes going, commercial consideration paid for by the following. It's just straight into it. They just drop it in. I like the parts on Grill and JR where they talk about Bluetooth and JR describes how sexually active he still is. Because <laughs> that's that. I mean, I mean, like, I'm happy for you, but that's that. Don't need to tell me about that. Just, just, just talk to me about what Austin was like at King yeah. of the Ring '98. Shout out of my world as well. I've started listening to those with Jeff Jarrett. Really, really good. That is very good. I would like the fact that he did two episodes on on all. The, he did, I know it's just the one. He did the episode on WWA, which is the promotion before. Um, TNA wrestling, and uh, he's uh, yeah, he's very articulate, very fun gentleman. I like that one as well. I know mm. he gets some stick, Conrad, because he's everywhere. But there is a reason that he's everywhere. It's like his podcasts are really good, aren't they? 
He's brilliant. And I I get really annoyed when people, I don't get why people get annoyed with him. Obviously, apart from the fact that he is everywhere, like you say, but that's because he's good. But in terms of like his style, like he's, he very much sets up, you know, he, he sets the pins up and the guests always knock him down. And that's what what a good interviewer does. I think he's ace. I just, I'm surprised. I, I think a lot of it must stem from jealousy that Comrade gets to live his dream and 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 chat to all these brilliant people every day, and people just don't like it. Like, why, why is he doing it and not me? I think he's brilliant. Top marks to Conrad. Cheers, yeah. man. I thought you would have hated him because he's you're on the race to interview these ex dudes. <laughs> and stuff. You want them to sell graphs? He wants some free mini series. So. It's me, Conrad, Chris Van Vliet. Hmm. We're all we're all chasing each other. Jericho. <laughs> Jericho's yeah. in there as well. As soon as somebody gets released, like, we're, we're just like albatross. Yeah. <laughs> just circling. Come on the podcast. So, Come and have so a chat. Wait, 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 wait. Three, two, one, go! This <laughs> mad sprint. I can't it there's a, a released superstar who was doing Talk as Jericho and Straight to Hell on the same day, and that's his first <gasps> interview since he got released. No. So I'm in a ra- I'm, I'm on a race that day to get it published before Jericho. Get in there before oh. the huge scope. Oh, my gosh. That's exciting. Might have just said too much there. No, can that's say, fine. Can I just say that I've always disliked Jericho, especially that podcast that he does on the same day as us. <laughs> <laughs> it's for no reason whatsoever for, like, dropping that in. Damn but you know you what? Jericho. That's right. One thing that Jericho's podcast does not have is the length but that's oh, where girth, we come in, girth. the cultaholic different, the length, girth, and some other dimensions as well. I think we'll be in everyone this week. I think we'll wrap things up now. Ross, what have you got for us this week before the next podcast comes out? Uh, before the next podcast comes out, we Twitch streams are moving to a Wednesday. I think that'll start next week. Maybe, I'm not too sure. It could be the week after. Who knows what might happen? I'm shooting a straight to hell with a current AEW roster member on Monday, but I don't like to say who it is, just in case they cancel, because I had one penciled for this Monday with a very prominent YouTuber from over the past 10 years, but that, that had to be cancelled for reasons that were very valid and I understood. So that'll get done in the future. Twitch, straight to hell. That is just about it, I think. Tom. <laughs> uh, Desert Island Graps uh, on the podcast Sunday is with... Um, I'm, I actually don't know what this is a really cool one to get. Uh, he used to work at Collider. Uh, he is from the Schmodown. He's a former WWE writer. Uh, Christian Harloff uh, is on on Sunday. We have a lovely chat. It turns out that wrestling storylines make really good bedtime stories for kids. He gives a good example of that on Desert Line Graps on Sunday. There's another one on Wednesday featuring Luke Hawks, who was uh, he's in a tag team with his son PJ Hawks. You see them popping up on the indie scene everywhere. He's also works as a stuntman and he's been in fights with The Rock on Fate of the Furious and he's. He's been uh, adamantium clawed through the head by Hugh Jackman in Logan. So he's got stories to tell. And he's so he joins me on Wednesday for Desert Island Graps. And do you know what? We very rarely we shouldn't plug outside our, our, our world, but I will do anyway. Um, I'm on Pro Wrestling for Life Xbox podcast uh, as it dropped last night at time recording. So uh, he invites random people on from from like channels and stuff to ask him questions about a certain thing. And, and I thought it was a match that I'd have to ask him about. So I had, I pitched a match, but then I watch other people's and like, they've just like Dave Meltzer's on there talking about his, his entire run in Japan. And uh, Conrad's on talking about him in the NWO. And I've gone, Oh, can we talk about capital carnage 98, please? <laughs> versus the rock. 
<laughs> and it's I love it and bless him. He he puts up with about a million questions I have about like WWF UK only pay-per-views and stuff. We talk about the UK tribute scene as well, so we give some love to uh the, the UK X Pac that did the rounds then. But that's on uh, that's on his channel right now right now. Um also subscribe to the podcast, the podcast feed, which you have done if you listen to this in your ears, so thank you. Uh, if you're not get it because it's daily wrestling news on there classic reviews watch alongs documentaries and more episodes of deadline and grab so you could shake a not guilty bruce forsyth snake at uh so that's all my things what about you math what's going oh, on a you? slow week for you then tom just a slow week oh, i'm just okay. i'm, I'm well, easing sorry. in i'm easing in next week hopefully you'll pick up then uh i for cultaholic will be of course joining tom for the smackdown podcast on saturday I talk about SmackDown on the site. No, yes. SmackDown 2000 on a Saturday, you silly billies. That's right. <laughs> no one cares about modern wrestling. <laughs> and then I will be, oh, I don't know, doing something productive. Will I be interviewing a famous uh, superstar for the channel? Will I be on someone else's podcast? Uh, no, I'll be playing Sonic 2 on Twitch at 6 p.m. Just to prove that I'm a bigger Sonic nerd than Tom. Oi, let's not play that game. Let's not play that game. Oh, um, live reactions to In Your House on Sunday with Adam. On the YouTube channel. Oh, it's Sunday. Fantastic. Don't, don't watch what? on Saturday, then. No, don't watch on Saturday. Um, watch me play Sonic 2. Do that instead. Uh, what happened at and graded on Monday? Wonderful. Should give them a plug, really, shouldn't we? Before we go We away. should. We should, because we haven't plugged enough stuff. This podcast, all that stuff and more on Cultaholic. Make sure you like and subscribe. The Patreon picks, patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic, and mailbag at Cultaholic.com. Open for business, as always. But for now... I've been Mafu, that has been Ross, that has been Tom, and that has been Tom's cat in the background making a cameo appearance. And that was Bruce Forsyth. For now, we'd like to end the podcast by putting our fists up to the webcam. On a count of three, say the famous expression, one, two, three, join N- us. Not guilty. Not guilty. Oh, f- <laughs> Sticky Vicky. <laughs> for all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 